This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freeze Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 158 of the Radio Freeze Fan Podcast, Woo! a Horse Heresy Wargaming Podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Gonna say what's going on, Derek. How's it going, everybody? What was the owl for? Were you excited? I was, it was just hype. It's just hype. It's been like a it's minute. Just, <laughs> yeah, man. Just you know, the, the Holy Spirit just takes over sometimes. You just gotta <laughs> just gotta let it out. So obviously, right? Like you haven't heard us for a couple of weeks. Uh, just to clear some things up real quick, I had some surgery, and so they don't let you bring uh, recording equipment. Recording equipment. I couldn't bring Beasley in to for the to run the audio equipment, and it was just the whole thing where <laughs> yeah, I can't bring in like a eight foot by six foot desk. Uh, definitely, definitely, all of you who have reached out in the uh, in the community and uh, asking about my surgery and how everything was going. Everything went fine. I'm in recovery right now. They basically just like snipped a little bit of my colon and connected it back lightsaber style yeah. and uh, um, throw a coupler on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the joke that I've been throwing around is straight piped it, but <laughs> apparently I can't use that. Um, I mean, is phrasing, do we still say phrasing? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. We, just straight piping is colon. So, so yeah, no, but I would say one of the things that's kept me most sane within like that period of, uh, sitting inside the hotel room was, uh, the discord and like everybody within the discord, just like keep me up to date, sending pictures of games, hobby progress, everything like that. I had a lot of time to like edit reels and stuff like that in the, (laughs) in the, in the recovery, that few days in recovery there. So. Uh, but I'm good now. What's actually really funny is uh, one of our, uh, I'm not going to out his name, but if he wants to talk about it, he'll talk about it. One of our mutual friends from the community yeah, uh, actually had this same surgery five years ago. Now, here's what's funny about that, because he reached out to me and said, hey, do you want me to send you cookies? And I was like, no, I can't even, I can't eat. Like in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, that's really sweet, but I can't even touch cookies right now because I'm on total liquid diets yeah. until stuff starts moving down there. Well, five years ago, uh, as part of the podcast, I sent him cookies <laughs> without asking. <laughs> So, so not knowing that he just had this procedure done, he was like, hey. Well, was, some- so I knew he was in the hospital, but it was like, hey, let me send him a cookie bouquet. <laughs> and like, here, here, look at this. and Put this up there and just kind of stare at it. And now in, in retrospect, <laughs> uh, being in the hospital and having your guts jumbled a little bit and just begging to eat something <laughs> and somebody brings me a nice looking cookie bouquet. That that's all. Karmic- Karmic whiplash. <laughs> That's my bad. Uh, our other mutual friend uh, did get to enjoy all those cookies. So it's good news there. Uh, but now I understand the, uh, the the importance of context. Yeah. So if if for whatever, the, obviously my heart was in the right place, but my brain wasn't. Uh, I, 
I knew that he had yeah. some sort of uh, <laughs> surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, let me do something nice. What's a nice thing to do? I like cookies. I bet he likes cookies. I'll send him a pizza bouquet. <laughs> some pizza, some bacon roses. <laughs> some bacon. <laughs> you better eat them quick. You better. They're gonna go bad. Just stinks up the whole hotel room. Sticking. Uh, so your, your, your nurses are going to enjoy those. <laughs> Dude, my my grandma brought me a basket of uh of like just full of stuff I couldn't eat. Like oh, no. the hardest of things. It was like Fritos and like <laughs> chili cheese, chili cheese Fritos and like flaming Rock, hot Cheetos. Rock candy. <laughs> yeah, dude, just, she's like, I was like, mama, why did you, why would you think? You, you know, I can't eat any of this, right? <laughs> what is, am yeah. I, is this for bribing the staff? Like what's this for? This is assorted nuts. <laughs> this is undigestible nuts. You just brought me a bunch of pecans. <laughs> Hard corn. <laughs> I brought you sweet corn. It's like, mom, what are you doing? Like, the harshest things you can imagine on your gut. She brought it. Some street corn. <laughs> Just telling you, dude. I was like, I can't eat any of that. I can have uh, things in liquid form. Is what broth. I can have broth and chicken broth. It's okay. We also brought a blender <laughs> and Jello. Uh, so yeah, no, it was <laughs> bless her heart. I gave it to all the nurses. I'm like, y'all, y'all like chili cheese Fritos. <laughs> what about rock candy? You like rock candy? There's someone there over there. You like this is Toblerone? It's <laughs> <laughs> your fidelity, dude. Uh, but yeah, no, that is why we've been out. Uh, it has been a, a couple weeks recovery, everything like that. Um, I'm I'm good. I'm good it's now. Good. I'm glad uh, to hear that. No restrictions on the old diet. I have to wear this girdle. Um, so just hold yourself in. Just holds me in. I can't roll over on my side just yet when I'm sleeping. It kind of sucks. But uh, you know. I've got probably it's like... Right. We'll, uh, we'll get you a back-to-tank. <laughs> that'd be nice. I would love this, <laughs> this floating. Uh, but I've got like uh, like 26 staples in me. And so, like, it's a... I I would set off a metal detector right now. Um, to, it's like, well, you better hope you got everything right because uh, no MRIs for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be very painful. Uh, so, but that being said, uh, we do have a pretty jam-packed episode for y'all yeah, stuff happened yeah a lot has happened since we last talked i mean there's been games played i've had hobby progress since i've been stuck in the old uh my little recliner there so i've had hobby progress i've heard you've had hobby progress you might even have a got a game in since huh uh i was supposed to but that didn't happen or you at least witnessed the game i, I heard you were privy to a game happening oh yeah 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 i did get to hang out with uh, <laughs> some, some powerful people in the community throwing down and uh we might i haven't checked we might have a uh have a voicemail about it oh i will that check. might that was i don't know could have just been joking i might have been helping making rulings and uh might have uh had to figure out something on the fly and my my first instinct was not exactly correct. And we do so, have a voicemail. Okay, well if it's Tyler chewing me out about rules, then uh, that was not an empty threat. Oh, it's always six seconds. This can't be it. I mean, it could be. Let me show you real quick. Are you just gonna like throw that down? Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess. So that wasn't Tyler, but uh, if you have a voicemail you want to drop in, you can uh, reach out to us. You can call us at 361 265 8658. That's all it is. And uh, just leave your audio files. Uh huh. 
<laughs> wow. And uh, as always, if there's international calling rates or anything like that, you can always reach out to us on social media, Discord, Facebook, and get an audio file to us that way, and we'll make sure it's played on air. Yeah, we have a... We have a... Tw- Interesting. We have a 25-second voicemail left from uh, Buzz Smoke Shop. Okay. It's just like an ASMR? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just a, a, more, of the, more of what we got? Yeah, I'm glad that I checked voicemails because I definitely did not check the voicemail before we started recording. That's, it's, that's been the kind of couple weeks we had. And then we just got the, uh? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh? <laughs> Love it. Uh. So no, we do have a uh, a, a pretty jam packed episode. Uh, we definitely have the hobby progress, uh, talking about some games played, things some like stuff that on the Discord. Uh, a new book dropped. Yeah, uh, I we do want to make some announcements Discord. We do want to do some Sithonia talk. I will say that just immediately, if you're planning on listening, you're like got your robe on, everything like that, drinking your tea, looking out the window, situation about us doing a full breakdown of Sithonia and the uh, the new inducti. That's not the plan. Uh, there are other... Not right now, not today. Yeah, if, there that's, are, if that's what you want, let us know. Yeah, let us know if you do want our breakdown of right. it, but there are some other creators like uh, Neptus Astartes, Powerful Ned, has done a YouTube breakdown, kind of a tier, not tier list of the inducti. Yeah, it, um, it, was, it was a tier list, but not strictly by how they are on the table. All right. There was a lot of like stuff he liked in the fluff and all that yeah. jazz as well. Yeah, so. which, that's a really cool way to do it. That's how I like it. But I mean, we're just going to try to keep it to our standard format of uh, just kind of break down like, hey, here's what you need to know. Here's kind of what we're looking at. Some cool stuff that we saw. We will definitely talk yeah. about that. But if there if there is demand for like a full breakdown, let us know. And uh We'll, we'll look at the full book. We'll, we'll read the we'll rules. Page, we'll go page by page, <laughs> and we'll we'll let you know what you what you're missing out on. So, that being said, first thing first, so, I want to talk yeah. about what's up with the Discord. The June monthly painting competition has mm. been announced. Uh, if you are submitted in the May painting competition, which once again once again was large model, uh, that will large be model. the last day to submit. Your model is going to be this Wednesday, which will be, and that's going to be June 1st central time at 12 a.m. So that'll be that Thursday morning will be like the last second you can get your model. I know that there's a look at me real hard right now. Well, no, no, no. I know, <laughs> dude, like a locker lockers, like he's been chugging on that Macedon. I keep oh, s- yeah. Well, I mean, he, he knew going into it, it was going to be down to the buzzer. He keeps hitting uh, the. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Randy Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's going to be a buzzer beater and it's, dude, it's coming. So definitely something to, uh, <laughs> if you want to get that large model, I mean, technically by next Thursday, you can submit a model and have it painted within like by the time this drops and that, that end happens for May, you can squeeze in at the last minute uh, once again, the prize for that is we offer a $50 towards your local gaming store, and uh, I get that set up. Uh, so far, we've only had it one time, so it was, it was extremely easy. Yeah, pretty much stores are just cool with taking $50 from you. Yeah. So People like money. You tell me where you and That's go. $50 US. Yeah, $50 US. If you're in a place where the dollar is 
doing great. <laughs> and if, you, if you've got a different value dollar, uh, be aware of that. Yeah. So uh, that being said, June, we did have a vote in the Discord on what the June monthly painting competition should be. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, very tight race between a 10-man squad and a 5-man squad. And luckily for the 5-man squatters and kind of the 10-man squatters, because they, you know, they are getting what they wanted because they just paint 10-man. 5-man squad won uh, by four votes. Okay. Uh, And it was up there in the 30s. (laughs) So uh, there was quite a bit of votes. 20-man squad and pick the best five? Exactly. (laughs) That's all you got to do. So you can just uh, give us five guys. Once again, this does not have to be uh, Horace Heresy specific. It does not have to be... Um, games workshop. Games maybe. workshop specific, exactly. Whatever you feel like painting up and sending in. The is, that, is it cool if I bring in this or that? As long as it's really cool. You can bring in five Stormcast Eternals if you want. Uh, just keep in mind it is a... Clone oh. Troopers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah. Uh, it is a Horse Heresy-based Discord. There is other things going on in there. There is Star Wars Legion. There is uh, uh, s- some uh, historicals going on even in there right now. So just keep in mind, we got uh, some people in our local local area doing up cowboys. Yeah, I'm doing cowboys right now. Hell yeah! I'll send you a whole ass squad. It's not five people though, but unless you count the horses of people, which you should. Uh, but either way, five man squad. In order to enter uh, this month's uh, secret word is Agapito. Uh, so you just get your little sign. You're gonna put the date. You're gonna show us a primed model with that date and that secret word Agapito and your username. Send that in. Uh, as a picture and your entry is submitted. You do have to have the picture of the primed model with those words primed before or unpainted. Yeah. Or unpainted, to, unpainted. Yeah. Something to show that this was painted this month. Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to keep it. We're trying to run a clean game here. Trying to run a clean game. Uh, and we're good to go. That's all we need from you guys. And then it's completely free to enter. It's just, you yeah. know, we are it's all running the uh, monthly painting competition channel on our discord. Exactly. So, and if you need access to that Discord, if you need to, uh, uh, if you need to find that Discord, you can go to our Facebook page. We do have the invite link at the top left of the. If you need to shoot that to your friends, mm-hmm. and we can also just hit us up on Facebook, and or you know call the voicemail, and we'll you know find you and get you a link to the Discord. No yeah. problem. If you're having issues, let us know. If we don't know, we can't help. Yeah. So that being said, hell yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to enter the this month? In the, the next two days? No, no, the, the squad. Oh, the squad, yes. Yes. I did have some uh, projects lined up for when this book dropped. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what I was waiting on. And it, it came in a little quicker than I thought it would. Yeah, that works but out. We'll, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little more when we get into the Cthonia. We, we actually did kick off this month's painting competition a little bit early. Just in case you were planning on like painting over the Memorial Day weekend, we're like, you know what? We got you, buddies. Take your Memorial Day and put those models together and like prime up and maybe even paint them. So I think that's considerate. Did you, uh, did you enter last month? I didn't actually get anything put in. Okay. So you didn't enter? No. Okay. No. I entered my Predator. Yes. Uh, the, my, the one you got for bringing a bunch of Predators. Yes. So the, the predator that I got from uh, the surplus predator, powerful Seth at Alamo, the heresy at the Alamo. Uh, I painted it was a Mars pattern predator, and I threw a essentially like Horus heresy stylized cupola on there. Yeah, 
and a full on what is that armor called? Sanguinary guard armor. Oh, for the tank commander. For a tank commander, yeah, yeah. like a, like a Decurion. Uh, not a Decurion, man. That was actually going to be my like tank commander. Oh, like your your HQ, your master of armor. Yeah, my master of armor. So. Uh, he's all golded up. I did gold filigree all over the thing and all that jazz. It actually sparked another idea that I had, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the hobby progress. But, uh, but yeah, I submitted that month, that this month, and I'm pretty proud of it. I got that pulled up right now, man. It looks tight. A lot of a, uh, a clean, clean rhino. <laughs> that is not right. That's a predator, but that's okay. Well, yeah, you're right. It's a predator annihilator. <laughs> you know what? Mars pattern. You know what? It doesn't actually look that nice anymore. <laughs> I mean, now that I'm looking at it. Now that I'm really digging into it. <laughs> now that I know it's not a rhino. <laughs> oh, could have fooled me. Since we want to split hairs now. <laughs> that would be nice. You made me take the gloves off. <laughs> that looks great. So, it was um, way better than what I put in. So, what have you been working on, Derek, man? What's your hobby progress look like for the All past right. few weeks here? So I'm getting to the point where I'm looking at basing for my ultramarines and I found a few people in, in uh, different areas that are using a uh, rattle can based marble effect mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. looking to get in and uh, start messing with. And I just pulled it up on Google trying to find it and it was like, oh, cool. They got it at Lowe's. They got it at Home Depot. Let me go pick up, pick up a can. Uh, they do not have it at our local Lowe's or Home Depot. So I had to order it and trying to get that to come in. But uh, let me see if I can't pull up more info on it. But it's, it's just a rattle can. It throws down like really thick, ropey, almost like Spider-Man web. Uh-huh. And it looks a little harsh at first, but then you go over it with a filter, and I think that tones it down, and I think it looks really good. And there's only uh, one color of marble? or I think the they make multiple colors. I was mainly just looking for the, the white, and then I can... So I do like... You do like a black base, and then you put that white spray over it, and then... I can just spray over that whatever color filter I want to tone it to any kind of any kind of uh, tone I need. But then if I want to go in and do like an additional like veins of different color, I'd have to do that manually. Oh, is this the Montana can? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, wow. They probably have it at Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby sells a bunch of Montana. They keep Montana in stock at Hobby Lobby. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so do you know Montana? Are you familiar with Montana? I was not familiar with Montana before I started looking into this particular can. So uh, Montana is like street artist cans of spray paint. Word. So like uh, so, back, back in uh, 2016, 2017, when we had the We Are Here events in Victoria. Yeah. Uh, so... For those of y'all that aren't aware, we actually hosted this like huge event in Victoria and Montana was one of our sponsors. And we brought a bunch of street artists from all over the nation uh, to Victoria to paint an old Wells Fargo bank and because okay. they were going to demolish it. So they let uh, us bring in all these street artists and like right next, it was at the same time as like Boot Fest, another festival we had going on. Mm-hmm. It's called the We Are Here Festival. And so we had like thousands and thousands of cans of Montana that was donated to us. They delivered pallets upon pallets of like free Montana spray paint for all like, there's like famous artists like Risk, uh, Stowhead from uh, Germany came down, uh, all of the Spray TX people. And uh, when they left and they were done and like we truly did like, it's like, hey guys, like a lot of the people flew. So like, well, I can't take cans of spray paint with me. So yeah, I just, I'm just going to leave it. And then, uh, like, we gave a donated, like, 
probably a pallet's worth of uh, spray cans to spray TX. It's like, yeah, you know, y'all are in San Antonio, just drive them with you, take them with you. And we still had like pallets upon pallets of spray paint left over from Montana. And uh, huh. do you remember my old shed at the old house? Yes. Remember we had the big drywall in there? Yeah. With That we would spray paint on? Uh-huh. That's where all those cans came from was that event. And those were all Montana black and Montana gold cans. That's super interesting. Yeah. Every time I see Montana, uh, it opens up like a special place in my heart because they are so like pro uh, local artist. That warms my heart. So if there's a marble effect that they offer, they offer a marble effect. I'm going to get it. <laughs> like that's going to happen. You know, let's just shut this down. Let's go to Hobby Lobby. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> So actually no, no. Leave it rolling. Let's go to let's go. Let's go, listener. We're going to Hobby Lobby. Yeah, so no, that is very cool. Very cool. And what's cool is uh my Blood Angels, um I've obviously have not done a lot of infantry for my Blood Angels yet. It's all kind of been tanks. But okay. the two tactical squads that I have painted up, I did use uh Jeff Wilhelm, uh the Dragonforge miniatures. Yeah. I used his cracked uh, uh, the cracked like city tile. Yeah, like, like, and and so I made them marble marble tile, but I did like a Tiffany blue tile, and so that's why I was asking if they offer different colors. But that might be because I was doing the the dryer sheet method, right? And that seems way easier. And I've got tons of bases that need to get painted. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up now. I I think Chingles I saw somebody of bases. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I saw somebody doing it for some Titanicus models. I'm like, I might mess around with that. Yeah, I know. Keep me... Uh, I'm actually looking at this one right here. This this black effect, that Montana marble spray effect, spray paint, yeah. this black here, version. Here's, here's an example of somebody. They did the, the white over black, and then they filtered it green. Yeah, see, that's exactly what I would do, except I would filter it like a Tiffany blue or like a teal. Yeah. And so hmm. it just kind of adds this like micro texture to your paint. And I, I think with that... Because I've I'm bad at the uh, the dryer sheet method. Like Me I use it a too. few times, it looks good, but I just I'm bad at it, and I I feel like if I'm doing it for <gasps> enough bases on everybody, it's just not gonna look good. It exists. It already exists. What already exists? It in like Tiffany blue. Well, there you go. It marble effect in pastel green. That is because that's oh, and it's like fifteen bucks. There you go. One time purchase have by June second. <laughs> okay, cool. Now I own right, so some you, as well. So why don't you let me know how that works out? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, that's dope. Wow. Worst case scenario, if we gotta crank out a bunch of terrain, if it doesn't look good on bases, but it looks all right on terrain. That's wild. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But no, I I brought that up. I had a few people interested in like wanting to like Keep, want me to keep them posted. Yeah, no, it's because it seems like all I'm going to have to do here is just paint the base black and then hit it with this stuff and then go in and fill all the dirt and all the middle of the creases. Probably, yeah. Pretty dope. Glad you, we talked about that. Thank oh, you, Derek. Hey, man, no problem. Glad I, could, uh, glad I could turn you on to something cool like that. And for everybody listening to the podcast right now, uh, this is how a normal conversation would have happened between me and Derek. Exactly. Like this, we just record it for y'all. So y'all can also be included on the cool stuff we talk about and share with each other. Yeah, I will say this is uh, before they filter it. And Ew. It- <laughs> <laughs> that does not look good. So now keep in mind, this is also on a Titanicus model. 
Okay. So, so it, when I say it comes out in like ropes, like Spider Man, it's uh, it, it do has that effect. Wow, it says Legion Pollock is the first guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I'll do. I'll definitely do some some testing. I've got tons yeah. of bases that I. But but I do on. think when you come in with that filter, then it it just brings everything together, and you get that like that subtle effect to it, but it's not like just popping out at you. Very cool. Very so cool. That's what I was planning on doing. Well, I was planning on doing like the white over the black and then tint it, whatever I need. But if it works better, just going straight into the color you want. Or if you use that to even get some more variance in it. Like if you do like a white and then you come in with like a green or a blue and that changes with your filter. So you do get those different veins of color. Mm-hmm. That, that could be the way to do it. And so your plan with that very extreme blue that you have and the extreme gold that you have. Yeah, I was just going to do it over, like, gray or white marble. And okay. Then, and then weather it with, like, browns and orange. Yeah, and yeah. And then just try to, try to just tie into that orange and blue, make the brain think it looked good. Yeah. Trick the brain into seeing contrasting colors. Hell yeah. Very cool. So, mostly what I've been working on is just conceptual stuff. This week, I should have some time to sit down and crunch out the rest of, like, the boring part of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Which I've got... Uh, I did some my my destroyers, my nemesis destroyers that I run as seekers. Mm-hmm. I was doing those, and then just just uh, chugging through doing metallics, and then going through the golds over here, gunmetal over here, and then I was just like, I got a wild hair up me, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna freehand on my knee pads. I'm gonna do a little destroyer symbol right here. I'm gonna do a little U here. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I freehanding this? I'm crazy. This is, I, I need to stop this. I'm like, what? Well, okay, now I've got one that looks, and I just did the whole squad. Oh, I know what that feels like. So. You know, you just get possessed by it, and you just you just gotta let it out. Does it look? It looks all right. Some of them look better than the other. I if I gotta weather it to tie it all together, I can. It's just kind of been throwing down what I can when I can. It feels like the past couple of weeks I've been busy without actually getting anything done. Okay, that's fair. I mean, we can't all hobby all the time. Yeah, I've been doing stuff at the house, and that it doesn't look like anything's getting done over there. I've been helping my folks with stuff. I had I installed a TV today, 85 inch. <laughs> my my dad was at the store and was like, "Oh, this was on sale yesterday. I left the sign up today. All right, I'm gonna buy it. They got, they're honoring this today." <laughs> <laughs> got him. So I was like, "Hey, Derek, meet me over here with the truck." And uh, all right, just so go ahead and install this TV for me too. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm gonna go to the gym today. All right. But that's pretty much me. What about you? Uh, so one of the big things uh, that I think is a like a, a big change in my realm, I ordered. So after Alamo GT, at Alamo GT, technically, I ordered from Battle Pub. I ordered the starter set for Pro Crow, mm-hmm. and you've been convincing other people to do so as well. Uh, well, I wanted to test it first, but, um, other people saw you do that. were like, you know, let me jump in on this. But before, like, so I order, I pre-ordered the pro krill or I'm sorry. I ordered the pro krill the starter set. And I, while I was there, I was like, let me get three colors. I know I'll use Let me get this red, this black and this white. Okay. Took that home and was immediately just super impressed by the paint because like, it's like pre-thin pre-watered down. Like, but what, what makes it crazy is the amount of, um, not like the acrylic powder in there, not the mm-hmm. binder so much, but it's like, it's super, super 
thick and rich in so you get just this vibrancy to it it's vibrant and then if you thin it down further like for your airbrush it doesn't get it whiskey. doesn't break down okay so it keeps that consistent yeah and it's like it, it like truly is like spraying like a really thick ink on stuff it, it's it's oh, nuts God. and so i tried out those like three little bottles i pre-ordered those guys and i moved forward with trying to figure out, you know, it's like, okay, how am I going to transition my, and keep in mind, I didn't have like my starter set in because it's like right before my surgery. And so I just wanted to see like how close the reds were because my, my fear is I'm going to fall in love with this, uh, this new, uh, slightly different. It's, it's going to look better than what you've done by a certain order of magnitude. And now you got to redo everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me try and paint stuff not this level. Okay. So I just like, I kind of like ran my red through its paces. I tried some different things to see, and I compared it. It's a much more vibrant red. It's super bright. And that's just more along the lines based on the pigment of the red versus like what I, my painting style was, which is like the Mephestin, the bloody red. And this is just their, uh, their version of red, which just comes just immediately. But, uh, uh, working with the actual paint itself, I was super excited. Because I thinned it down, and when you do something like a a zenithal highlight, and then hit that up with a your first few layers of uh, of um your first few layers of paint, mm-hmm. like your your filter, like your, the- yeah, you start thinning it on your your layers of paint there. They look great, and it's like it's it's consistent, it's clean, it doesn't start splattering, nothing like that. It's just this really, really thick, nice paint. And so, uh, are you primarily uh, using it with the airbrush? Uh, both. Uh, it through the airbrush, it's it's great. It's an, it's an excellent paint through the airbrush. You do I do have to thin it down. It's th- it's thinned down enough to paint with on a brush. But on the airbrush side, you still have to thin it down on the airbrush just okay. a smidge. But it's it's great through the airbrush. It's insane through the actual brush. It's very, very nice through the actual brush, dude. You're going to make me act up, huh? Because it sounds like this is exactly what I'm trying to accomplish with inks. I, I, I definitely have an extra red that you can take home if you want. Um, I ordered the starter set. It did not get here until after my surgery, so... Okay. Uh, so, so what all comes in the starter? 24 paints of like essentially your basic paints. So it's going to be like your, your reds, your yellows, your purples. Do they do uh, metallics? There's a separate set for metallics. Okay. And so what so I got a whole like metallic line. They have a whole metallic line. Oh yeah. my gosh. And so I, I went in trying to see if I had some metallics lying around that I painted you. So I went in, I got the base set, mm-hmm. okay? And, like, it was not going to get delivered because I ordered it from Battle Pub. They got their set in and then shipped it out to me. And nice so time. it came in a few days, like, while I was in my rest for surgery and all that jazz. Okay. And so, like, as soon as I got home, I was super excited. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to go start painting miniatures. But, you know, bed rest, all that jazz. I couldn't really shuffle around all that until I figured out the perfect paint setup, which we'll talk about here in a second. But as far as like what the starter set comes with, which is like the pro acryl, like base starter set, it comes with a white, a black, a red, a green, a blue, a yellow, orange, a burnt red, which is like a darker red, Mm -hmm. 
a mahogany, a purple, a magenta, a sky blue, a faded ultramarine, which is like a light blue. Yeah. A dark gray blue, which is like a darker blue, a light warm gray, a dark warm gray. And by the way, this is like all their paints have like practical names. Like there's no yeah. like, there's no like, uh, you know, What's uh, the difference between Space Wolves Gray and Benrizian Gray <laughs> and the Fang? Hey, what is a cow turd brown? I don't know. Can you please just like... And then so like it comes with a light umber, a dark umber, a camo green, a jade, a bright ivory, an ivory, and then a tan flesh is what the uh, the base set comes with. And this is the, the 24 paint version? Yes. It's 100 bucks. 100 bucks for the base set. Okay. Okay. And that's at Monument Hobbies. And so... Actually, hold up. Well, not hold up. No, not me hold up. You keep going. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, that's what that comes with. And so, while I'm sitting there in the hospital, right? Yes. I was uh, chatting with, you know, good old Tyler, powerful Tyler. And he was in San Antonio for a wedding. And he's like, hey, uh, I just picked up the... A uh, base set of Procro because I'd already been talking good just based on my like luck with the red, black, and white. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this stuff's great. Like, just grab one or two colors and, and try it out. He went whole hog and got like the base set. And then he told me, he's like, by the way, I also picked up the medals. And I was like, I've because I had heard, I've heard not great things about the medals. Okay. Uh, and, and generally, medals are hard for like uh, any newer company to come out with. I think the like, then the standards like the highest standard is Vallejo, like uh, the, metal series. the metal series. Like it's pretty difficult to get that level. And uh, Tyler came in. He goes, he goes. I was talking to uh, man, I can't remember her name, but she's the pro painter at Battle Pub, mm-hmm. and she completely switched over to Pro Crow. And she said she used nothing but Pro Crow metals on the Angron model she had in the case. And I remember that Angron model. And I was like, that thing was amazing. And the yeah. new, the new, uh, uh, the new Angron, the right, the forty k, yeah, forty yeah. k, uh, uh, Angron ascended. Yeah. And I was like, she did great on that. That thing looks incredible. He goes, yeah, she used nothing but Pro Chrome metals on that. And I, and I was like, okay, fine, I'm sold. And so while I was still in the hospital, I was like, go and get the metal coming too. <laughs> get them, get the metal colors on their way as well. Yeah. So I was digging through my notes. I don't remember who, but somebody was trying to turn me on to the Pro uh, Pro Acryl for the whites. Mm-hmm. Apparently, their their white is just a really good white paint that doesn't have a lot of the same problems you get with other white paints. Was it Bergeron? Uh, it doesn't matter. I, th- I think cause I, I just I remember somebody was was talking to like it was like a friend of a friend. Like, hey, I know your buddy does uh, does mini painting. Uh, tell him about this white. And he's like, okay, and it, it, like it didn't mean anything to to this person, but they got back to me and they're like, hey, uh, I was told to tell you this is the white you need to try out. Yeah, their platinum white is very good. Their ivory is probably my favorite white from yeah. like any line, because it's like a like it's hard to explain, but it's kind of like Power Ranger White Ranger White, okay. where it's not pure white. It's kind of like a really really bright cream. Yeah, it's super nice, dude. It's and it it's like I have a dream that I want. Like I wanted after I started painting with that ivory, I was like I want to do an entire like blood angels force and white, like this cream white with like red shoulder pads. I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. Or <laughs> <Let's>, am I? <laughs> Let's take about 20% off the top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I picked up the metallic set, which was like the silver light bronze, copper, rich gold, white gold, dark silver, bright gold, bronze and metallic medium. So 
I got that. I have not ran that through an airbrush. I don't think I plan on running through that through an airbrush unless I paint up a command squad of Sanguinary Guard. Yeah. Uh, but I've been doing a ton of a ton of uh, like filigree painting and um, little detail painting on my Blood Angels. Okay. With a mixture of the uh, the rich gold and the bright gold. Just like pinstriping or what? Uh, so I do the, you know, like the old method where it's like uh, retributor armor followed by uh, uh, a brighter gold and then a silver. Yeah. So I did that exact step, but with pro crow. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know how when you're painting with retributor armor, like it's essentially just like, like put a glob of retributor armor and then just smear it over everything until it's thin enough to where like it makes sense. I mean, that's not how I use it, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, like retributor armor is like pretty thick, right? It's it's a thick paint. Yeah, it's it's a it's a heavy pigment, and you have to move it. You have to get it like once it's down, you have to move it. And I say smear, but like obviously, I mean like in the nicest way possible. But yeah. like I've painted a lot of gold, and you have to move that thing till it's thin. Uh, so in this case, the pro acryl, which is like pre-thinned, everything like that. Uh, mixed down with the, I guess applied with my, uh, I've been using my Raphael 8404s. Oh yeah. Dude, it is, I feel. Does it just flow like ink? It's like writing with a pen. It's it's like writing with a fucking pen, dude. The only problem I have with it is I was so used to uh, side painting with the side of my brush. Like if there's a lot of ray stuff, I'll go over and side paint. Well, sometimes it's a little too thin and like just like kind of like does the capillary action and just bleeds down. It's like, oh, and so like I have to you basically have to use the point of the pen to fill in those filigrees and stuff like that. Well, it makes you makes you do it right. Uh, The the paint mixed with my 8404 Raphael's is like completely changed the level of like what I can paint. Like, you know, the, like just lifted the ceiling off what you were painting and now you can just go even, yes. even crazier with it. Yes. A hundred percent. The, you know, the helmets, the ultramarines, uh, honor guard for Calgar, they have the Eagle on the front of them. Yeah. So I printed those helmets for my Ophanum host, Ophanum host. Okay. And I did like a test model well, I had I wanted to paint the wings gold, and then I wanted to go in and I wanted to do a lighter gold at the bottom, and then a silver at the most bottom of all of them to make like a highlight. Mm-hmm. And it was effortless doing that silver. Oh my gosh, it was crazy, dude! It was so nice because it was the rich gold. I did a Reichlin flesh shade, and then I went through a light gold, silver, light gold, silver. Trying to like imply like an NMM style with true metallic paints. Yes. And the the ease that I did that, and like one of the things that I, one of the big words I learned from powerful BB miniatures, the pro palette was the charge of the brush, which is how much paint your brush can hold and lets you paint and all that stuff. Like basically how much ink is in your marker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hold a ton of charge with those pro acryl paints. So I'm very much like all about the pro acryl. Sounds like a good time. I have not ventured into their washes or anything like that. Cause like, you know, I just had 
uh, pretty massive surgery and uh, I'm pretty broke right now. So uh, you got you to gotta budget where you can, but I'm pretty sure soon enough we'll be seeing something in, yeah. in, the, in the wash realm. Yeah, man, I've been hearing good things. Uh, like I said, a, a couple of the people saw you coming into this and they were like, I got to get me a piece of that. And I've never been a Kool-Aid guy, but, uh, you know, <laughs> like this, like, if, it, if it works, it works, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of the big things, like, oh, you're deep in the Kool-Aid, huh? It's like, hey, man, it's good paint. It's good stuff. <laughs> like, it's like wearing my Monument Hobbies t-shirt and hat. <laughs> this is all hell. logo across, like, some pit vipers. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh. I'd be some good merch. We need to get that. We need, we need to jump in on that. <laughs> I would never one. sell out <laughs> the Dorito bag. <laughs> well, I enjoy my sweet, sweet Mountain Dew. God, this is so refreshing. The Adidas tracksuit, like the hat and everything. It's just, it's such a soulless cash grab, you know, man. <laughs> I think we would just debase ourselves like that for something as, as pedestrian as money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, I mean, that's, that's how the hobby elevates. You try new stuff. It works really good. You tell everybody about it and it just, it, it sets a new gold standard. (laughs) So, so here's the thing. Uh, so, so yeah, got pro curl in. All right. I come back from surgery. So I need to have a place to actually paint. Right. Because I, and, and like after my surgery, it was very hard to like move left or right. Like it was hard to just like move around. And so, sitting in my desk chair, sitting in like my hobby stations chair, anything like that was like super difficult. Uh, it hurt so much to like move around and adjust myself. So I had to find a spot there where I was like, I was comfortable and would stay comfortable for a long time. And even my bed couldn't provide that. And I have like a really nice bed. And so I actually sat in my, I was healing in my recliner and like would walk, like I had, I had to walk a bunch, but like, it was kind of one of those things when I finished, I go straight. I was, I was sitting in my recliner all day. I was sleeping in my recliner all night. Like it was a pretty much like stay in the recliner and I wanted to paint. And especially, you know, it's like, you know, I don't have to go to work. It's the weekend, whatever. Like I wanted to do stuff. I wanted to paint. So I built up this like mini, like battle station at my, on like a TV tray and like I had my like army painter wet palette. I had like the pro curl paints I was using dude. The cobalt keep painting handle <laughs> came in so clutch dude with its little light on it and everything like that. That's what I hear. And so, uh, uh, I could paint right there. Like basically like a, like an otter. I had my army painter palette on my, <laughs> like right at the top, top of my stomach. <laughs> yeah. As I was leaning back and I would just, Paint up the model, which yeah, has you get your wrists in tight, contact with your body, so you're super stable. Super stable, bro. And then Beasley was sitting on my lap, all nice and comfortable. I posted a video on the on the Facebook channel, <laughs> but like I was in my zone, dude. Like I'm sitting there painting, like I'm in it, dude. Like no magnifying glass needed because it's so close to me. I'm painting like a T Rex, man. It's great. Just like that, just that mobile hobby desk setup. Yeah, a hundred percent. And one of the big things that was like, uh, uh. Uh, one of the like the the huge things that was like like I didn't have to move like I could just like sit there you know there was nothing stopping me from like you know like I didn't have to roll around everything was right there at my grasp you know so uh, that being said as far as like what I did work on uh, I've been 
fully putting off not working on my blood angels infantry like i should be doing that's the next step in my army well good news you got a monthly painting competition coming up for uh 100 very much helpful i have been <laughs> i have funny been, how things just kind of work out you know yeah <laughs> votes are swayed baby <laughs> uh so I've been avoiding painting my infantry um, just because it's a completely different. Entirely different process. Yeah. Whole different process, like my tanks and all that jazz. It's like not a, I sit down, I wake up and move around and my tanks are like, I like with my tank, I can plop five tanks down and get them like 95% of the way done and then like feel good about myself. Whereas like an infantry squad, it's like each one takes like, 25 30 minutes just oh, to I put on that. yeah that, yeah so I'm, I'm feeling that pain so i got home and i'm like okay let's get this pro krill let me get some dawn breakers let's get those assembled let's get some angels tears assembled let me get these like it's like let me get this stuff assembled and i'll start painting and then uh everybody started getting into what a cowboy <laughs> at the shop yeah, powerful Jacob showed up one weekend, and he just he'll do this thing where he'll show up with like uh, another completely out of the blue game system that nobody's heard of. And he's like, "No, I'm telling you, this is real." Like the last one he showed up was like a uh, miniature historical game that had some really good tech in it, like really good systems, and the gameplay was just it, it was just tuned in. Yeah, and so so I, I'm hearing this. What a cowboy! Now everybody's kind of going all in on it. So there was a game system called What a Tanker. And it was extremely popular. It was like based on World War II tanks. You basically are a tank commander, and you get to like have all these different tanks that fight fight each other in the battlefield. And they they made it they they smallified it to just like what a cowboy. And so like it's a a skirmish mission based, very similar to Spectre, but it's all based on uh like Wild West Wild West. And so there's four different levels of. Uh, of experience. So you have what's like the greenhorn, you have a shootist, you have a gunslinger, and then you have a, uh, a legend. And so, uh, based on like what you pick, like you're basically like in our, in our game, we're given a budget and it's like a hundred bucks. Right. And so you have to hire these guys to like go in there and, and do the job you need to do. And like a gun, like a, a, a greenhorns, like you pay them 10 bucks, they'll go die for you. And then it's like $20 for a, a shootist, a gunslinger's $40. And I think like a, <coughs> a legend's like 80 bucks or something like that, or like 60 bucks. And then you have to buy their, uh, their, their gear. And so it's like, uh, everybody gets a, a, a Colt 45, but like, if you want to get like a Henry rifle or like a, a tomahawk or like a, a longbow or something like that. You have to like buy all this extra stuff to like upgrade your character. Okay. And then you have this like overarching, like main reason why your dudes are doing what they're doing. You have to have a story that like, and you have to determine whether your missions to advance you in your storyline because the clo- the further you get in the storyline, the more the game pushes back against you from getting to that storyline finished. Okay. So, so like it like naturally escalates. Yeah, it escalates against your storyline. Or if you're just like, I'm just doing this for straight money, like you can get more money to like basically level up your dudes and like there's a lot less like Okay. It's really interesting they have like a campaign like campaign style 
uh, effects just kind of baked into it like that. Yeah. So I hear all this and I'm like, that's fucking dope. Uh, let me not paint any blood angels. <laughs> let me, uh, let me figure this out. What's going on? What is this situation? And so I find out like Tyler's painted up some, like, uh, some, some banditos, like some, some Mexican banditos. And like some people have done like the Pinkertons and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know what? Let me go some like topical, awesome, awesome, like Native Americans, right? There we go. And so I ended up uh, uh, printing out some Native Americans on horses and all that stuff. I looked up, it was it was their Sioux based Indians was actually what the STL is based off of, but it is a uh, uh, it is a I painted them like Cherokee. Okay. Hmm. Sorry, I was getting more and more parts because that was a long draw. So uh, uh, I did like war paint on them and everything like that. And so I just like, I like my whole story, if you're interested, it was uh, uh, oh, yeah. three brothers, like who, like three, three Cherokee brothers. One of them fought for the Union, saw all the atrocities that the Confederates did. And then uh, once he found out that they all got like pardoned if they surrendered, he was like, nah, dog you don't get pardoned from, from me. And so my thing is like, he's like individually hunting these like Confederate commanders and Eric from the shop. He's like a bunch of Confederate commanders who haven't oh. given up. <laughs> and like, Oh, <laughs> like, they're like, Hey, it's you. You're the guy. And so like, I have an enemy at the shop and all that jazz. Uh, but I just have three models. So like three, okay. like, like people can have like like up to six and also a lot of like the main people are like between four and six i have one gunslinger two shooters three cherokee brothers they've got some wild stats some pretty cool war gear like bows and stuff like that henry rifles but okay that is what i've been painting with my pro crew and (laughs) it's been very fun painting those with the pro crew that sounds like a, a really fun project to test out a new paint line yeah, it was super fun. Especially something like that. You have like all sorts of different like materials, different colors. Yep. It's just it's just blank canvas. And that was like one of the big things like Games Workshop. Like if you were to ask me to, hey, it's like pick a good brown. It's like, I don't know, maybe like this brown. Like all the different browns you get with like the dark umber and all that jazz. Like it's you know exactly what it's going to be. Mahogany, you know what. If I told you, hey, hand me mahogany, what color do you think that is, Derek? It's the red brown. It's the red brown. God dang it. (laughs) So uh, a lot of it was very, very uh, easy to, to work with and all that jazz. So I got those models painted up and then finally uh, I was like, okay, stop dicking around, grow up, start working on your Ophanum. (laughs) No, no, no dessert until you finish your dinner. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I broke down, I'm, I'm working on a day of revelation list right now. It's essentially like a five man of Fonum court, which are the, uh, it's like a command squad alternative from the exemplary battles, right? It's the exemplary battles command squad. Essentially Sanguinius put the Fonum court in place. They're like a secret police. They're looking for people to defect to Horus or like just to defect in general. And then they just, you know, Make them disappear. <laughs> they 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 do a bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, he hurt and fell and broke his neck. 
And so, so the Afanum so Court, yeah, they're they're essentially just like they're in your army, but they're like uh, nobody knows who they are. Uh, so like internal affairs, kind of like the these are the the these are the rats. Yes, they're all rats, but they also are all like none of them can like their their Mandalorian style. None of them take their helmets off. And once they're done with their time in the Ophanum court, they just like slip back into the Legion. They're like, oh yeah, I was busy doing like. <laughs> yeah, uh, Malkador needed something. I can't talk about it. Uh, dude, I had to go do something for Sanguinius. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so, so yeah, they're the narcs of the Legion, but they're, uh, I mean, they're, they're still, they got like strength six power blades with uh, uh, their AP3 rending. And. I have them paired up with uh, Dominion Zephin, who has rad grenades. So, so like, oh. yeah, so like strength six, you know, murder strike weapons that when you're in a challenge go up to initiative five, and they're already in weapon skill five. It's a good combo. There you go. Uh, the only thing I was worried about was the the bitter duty rule on yeah. how that works with uh, retinues. And then the guys in the Age of Darkness uh, Discord said that they become part of his unit. It's not uh, joining a unit that has bitter duty. It the, the retinue rules actually be, make him become part of the unit. So that's the only thing. And there was a lot of people that agreed with that, but that's the only thing that I wasn't sure about, and that originally yeah. stopped me from from making that. Uh, that uh, combo. Yeah, I, I get it. That's definitely one of those things where it's like, uh, does Bitter Duty actually let me do that? Yeah. So Okay. But that, that was going to be the only thing that would have uh, stopped me from doing that. <clears throat> but that being said, I am also taking a command squad with a Praetor. It's just going to be a full drop, drop infantry day of revelation list, essentially. Like Dawnbreakers, Angel's Tears. Yeah. All the all the Mark six drop boys. Hell yeah. Sounds like it's gonna be a dope list. Yeah. And so I've been doing all of the, uh, I converted it up, which is like a mixture of a sanguinary guard that, uh, that honor guard helmet that I told you about Mark six legs, Mark six shoulder pads with the filigree and Mark six jump pack and sanguinary guard arms. And, uh, People do not like that helmet. <laughs> I thought the helmet was cool, but people do not like that helmet in the Blood Angels chat. So, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it might just be because it's such a, like a uh, Ultramarines like aesthetic. Like, oh, that's very clearly the Ultramarines Victrix Guard or whatever they're called. And yet, there's a book with the Sanguinary Guard wearing that same helmet. So. I don't know. People on the internet are mad. Oh, no. Yeah, people on the internet are very not happy with my use of said helmet, but it is what it is. I think they'll get over it. But as far as what I've been working on, that's about it. That is that is where I'm at. That sounds like a lot. We it's been a, a good time. Productive couple weeks. Yeah, I need to get some games in, though. That's what I need to do. I got this, uh, I got this in today. Ooh, yeah, that... I'm still kicking myself for not thinking about that. That's such the coolest little piece of tech. So for those of y'all that can't see what I'm holding in my hand right now, and this is going to be the next big thing. I'm actually working on a, on the cards for it right now. It's going to be huge. 
This is a uh, quarterback armband. It's actually a tri-page quarterback armband. So you can put stuff here front and back and then something here so you can see yeah. three pages of information. Yeah, so it, it's, a, uh, it's a little sleeve that you put on your wrist and it's got a laminated spot that flips up and so you can see the front and back of the top flap and then there's another uh, another sheet you can see. It holds like it looks like what, like a three by five card ish. It's a four by two, a four by two card, and you can just. Normally, they have like numbers and players and uh, different play diagrams on it for quick reference. Yeah, for your quarterback of a football team. But my plan is to put all sorts of uh, reference sheets in here. I actually asked the Discord of what things, as far as reference, they would like to see in this sheet, and then we will print them up. And so when I'm at an event, I can have. Uh, what was the biggest thing was like the reactions. People wanted the reactions in there. Yeah, I think specifically they're talking about Legion reactions. Oh, just because those are the hardest to like keep track of. It's like, okay, what what's my opponent playing? What's his Legion reaction? And then they tell you, and then you forget, and you walk right into it, and you get charged. In your own <laughs> turn. Like, wait a minute, what do Ultra Brains do? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> flag on the play. <laughs> flag on the play. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I've got. I've got the normal reactions on there right now. I've got the, obviously, just like the the tables. The tables are on there. Tables. So I can do that on like the first page, like all of the the tables. And then on the second page, I was going to do a bunch of weapon profiles. Yeah, like your most common weapon yeah, profiles. Most common weapon profiles. And then the last page, I will do stuff like uh, reactions and maybe even Legion reactions yeah, and all that jazz. I do like the idea you had of just having like, a PDF of some eight by eight and a half by 11 pages of these put together. And then you print those out, cut out the ones you need. Mm -hmm. And then it's just your, whichever reference you need, you got it right there. Yeah. And then you just wear this to an event, look like a badass, And everybody sees it and thinks how cool you look. Yeah. And then they ask you, Hey, where can I get one of these? And you flip it up and you show them the QR code and they scan the QR code on their phone. (laughs) And then if you're a really badass, you get two of these. (laughs) (laughs) You have one of each wrist. You say, I ain't getting no book. (laughs) (laughs) I got the book right here. (laughs) But, okay, hear me out, Derek. Okay, I'm listening. Hear me out, all right? Okay. All right. You're playing me, right? We're in this, we're in an event right now, all right? Top, top table, me and you. Okay. Okay. All All eyes on us. All right. You tell me, I say, yeah, Derek, you know, okay. What does your reaction do? And oh, you, my Legion reaction? Okay, well, if you move within 12 inches of me, I get to move my initiative and then charge you. Oh, it's 12 inches? I don't think it's 12 inches. Hold on. You just you just shivered you say, your timbers, huh? It's like, okay, so, no, 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 I have to be within 12 inches of you when I move. So because I was outside that, I moved into it, you don't actually don't get to use your spatials reaction. That's right. Shivers. You. <laughs> timbers, shiver. <laughs> If you hear this, if you hear this at an event, this noise, <laughs> and so you know somebody's checking right there in front of you on their wrist. I saw all the confidence out the window right there. Oh, really? I don't care what answer comes out of this. He's right. I'm not arguing. That boy's got a wrist of rules. The only the next level above that is somebody with a shirt that says staff holding two books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, guess how much this was? 50 cents. Oh, fuck you. What? This is 
2023, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it depends on how many you order. Okay, I ordered one. Oh, okay, one, uh, $2.50. <laughs> what world do you live in? I have, I have no concept of money. You're like you're like Bill Gates. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a couple of bananas. What can it cost? Five dollars? Uh, it's eight ninety nine. Eight ninety eight ninety nine for this. Uh, this is the. They claim this is a youth one. This is for youths. Uh, it's one size fits all. But it is definitely one size fits all. So do not let that scare you. Do not get. Uh, I mean, some of the people from Heresy Camp do know the horse. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it said it's a large, but it's actually like a uh, Chinese Chinese large. large. So uh, if anybody if anybody doesn't want one, you just give it to somebody else so you can double up and have it actually fit around you. <laughs> Powerful Jamie wearing the, the, the double, the double man. Oh, it's like everybody else had to like belt them on their legs. Like uh, I wore this all day. I wore this all day to see if it was possible to wear it all day. Yeah. And you forget it's on. Okay. It wasn't like itchy. It wasn't hot. It wasn't itchy. Nothing. You forget. It's like wearing a watch. Hell yeah. You do not remember it's on your wrist until somebody asks, what's on your wrist? You go, oh yeah, it's my sweatband. Oh, that's. (laughs) I was working out earlier. It definitely doesn't have nerd game rules inside (laughs) of it. So. But. Definitely. Uh. I am beyond the age of shame where I will wear that with my compression socks <laughs> to an event. Bro, yeah. we, we got branded fanny packs. I don't think. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't think this is too more extreme than that. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that happens while you're recovering from surgery. You just kind of randomly find cool things like that that make sense. I'm not judging. Like I said, I'm kicking myself for trying to get Blood Bowl going at the shop. And I'm like, okay, so it would be like a cool like players pack thing for people like signing into a league. Because, you know, if you buy into a league for like, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever for the season, you're going to get your games in. So oh, like, oh, yeah. This. So it's like, okay, so what are some swag? I was like, maybe I laser cut some uh, or have somebody laser cut uh, clipboards. Okay. So like your coach has a clipboard and he's flipping through. You have your, your roster on it and then you flip up to the back of it where you have tables and. Stuff lasered in. I it was like, like a whistle for like a ref. A ref whistle being you know a fun thing to have. I didn't even think about this. Like uh, this, uh, this was just top of the list right there. Apparently, this is just a big deal in youth football. Like this is a big deal in youth football. Like you can buy this for an entire team for way cheaper than eight ninety nine a piece, which is crazy. Like, like fifty cents each. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> talking about uh, making this. In the next event, you should just get one of these with the rules in it and all that jazz. Yeah. Hell, dude. That, like I said, don't think I'm judging. Like, that's... If they make an electronic version of that, I think you're just... A, eh, maybe not. Oh, like a, like a pit boy? Yeah. But then at that point, just have your iPad ready. <laughs> so Get the, like, the, the holster, like, they got an AT&T with their tablet? Yeah. I what? did think that'd be nice to have one of those big enough to hold a book, like a rule book. Oh, man, dude, if we could... Nah, dude, okay. I'm getting crazy. Let's, let's wipe that. Let's yeah, I was thinking about like a, having a chat GPT instance on an SD card with a database on the SD card. And, and you connect just, it to your Google Glass. Or you just ask chat GPT on an LCD screen on your arm. You just say like, hey, chat GPT, what is ExoShock? And it's all... ExoShock is... It's like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're getting close. We're almost there. Almost there. Soon they'll be just playing the games for us. So... And then you just get to sit in the chair and tell it what you know. Tell it what to do. You're not playing the game; you're captaining the game. Captaining the game. 
So, but yeah, so that is uh, what I worked what a, on. What a week. It's, it's been a fun week. It's been a fun couple weeks. But that being said, man. Uh, so how about, how about this book? How about this Siege of Sithonia book, which is the first black book they've released this edition and uh, a lot cheaper than the OG black books. And that's fair. It's a $60 book. The content is very much... Uh, it, 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 I content? think mine came out to eighty, but I think it's because of shipping was involved. Yeah, the, on, on the web store, I think it was sixty. Yeah, okay, give or take for shipping and however you get it to you, which compared to what one hundred and fifty for a black book. Yeah, but at this point, you know, it's kind of one of those things where the, if the content scales to the price, I'm not going to be upset. My my concern was going to be locking the rules of certain special units behind this black book, but. I don't know. They're not. It's not a must buy. I I would say. Do you need this book? Yeah. Five out of ten. Yeah. I. It, it depends on how excited you are for the Decurion and Inducti, and whether or not you play Sons of Horus or Imperial Fists. If you're an event organizer, yes. this is a ten out of ten. You need yes. this book. Uh, Get I, one I on do, the way. I do recommend every gaming group like have one of these kicking around. But if you are a casual gamer, casual player, mm, hang off. You don't really need it too much. Just like you, yeah, I would say your idea of how much you should own this book should be the level of, did you print off the Legacies PDF? <laughs> if not, <laughs> then you probably don't need this book. <laughs> Damn it. If you didn't buy the White Dwarf Zone Mortalis rules, you probably don't need this book. If you're not fighting off 40K World Leaders players for their codex in the White Dwarf, because it also has your Zone Mortalis rules. You probably don't need to buy this book. But that being said, that's a pretty good little book. I, yeah, I, I was very surprised by this book. So starting first off, man, let's talk about the, what you get in the book itself. Okay. So I was besides about to say, I was the, say, please don't say fluff. Cause I've not, I've not read hardly any of the fluff outside of the fluff of the book. There's, well, okay, but I do think it is worth mentioning that the actual rules in the book don't start until page 132. Yes. So you do get a significant amount of fluff about the the siege itself, about the inducti. Like, that, you do get some fluff. Yes. And, and, I mean, on top of that, it is, you know, 240 pages. So it is, you're getting a good amount of rules in there, but you're getting more fluff of the actual siege of Sithonia. So if so you, if it, you, it's do, not too far off the size of the, the core book. Yeah. It's not, not quite as thick, but that, that is a, a kind of a good comparison. Like as far as how much of that book was fluff and how much of it was rules. Yeah. Looking into the actual, how this feels versus like previous black books. Uh, there is quite a bit less art. A lot of it is going to be that, uh, that kind of like model art where you have like models killing other models with like really fancy backgrounds and stuff like that. But there's a lot less art in this book, a lot more reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was one of the main complaints I was hearing is because people are used to seeing like alternate Legion color schemes, uh, like where they would go into like the different legions involved in the campaign, the book featured and say, okay, well, here's a bunch of vehicles. Here's, here's a few different, uh, different, uh, different legionnaires. Here's like what squad, what company they're from, and give you an idea of kind of like what markings you would see to where you could look at a marine and tell like where he's from. Yes, 
Uh, so this does not have a whole bunch of that, but I mean, it does have yeah. some of it. They, they do show off a lot of uh, different types, different styles of inducti, and that's kind of the main artwork I've seen as far as, as far as that same kind of uh, feel of like, hey, how, what is he, what do these models look like? But other than that, I mean, it's uh, rules wise as far as like what you get out of it. There's quite a few things you're going to get the new updated Zomertalis rules, which are completely. If you did have that white dwarf, unfortunately, go ahead and give it to your local world leader player. Uh, uh, they, they already got their full codex. Oh, yeah. So, And then that's going to be in a month. They're not going to use that anymore either. Yeah. So just go and chunk that at this point then. <laughs> uh, you do get the uh, the new Decarian rules. You get the new Inducti rules. And then you also get the campaign building blocks. Uh, yes. There's the Onslaught campaign system. Yes. Which is not specific to the Siege of Chthonia. It has a separate pages of uh, how to adapt that into the Siege. And uh, I was kind of so. glancing over that system a little bit, and there is like a lot of like character building in that system as far as uh, having your own uh, independent characters that are not named characters that do grow with the system. Right. It's not as in-depth as like the Book 6 rules were. Was it book six or was it book four? Book four. Book four, that's right. Uh, book four, I think, had a little more in-depth stuff than this one has, but uh, it seems like this one's kind of like a, the foundation. So we're going to see maybe the next book might build off of the same system. So uh, go ahead and give us a... Do you, I mean, you seemed pretty excited about this Onslaught system. Yeah, so I, you know, I, when I cracked open the book, I, I immediately went to Inducti because that's what I was the most excited for. And then after kind of pouring through the units, uh, then I went straight to the, straight to the, that campaign system because that was another thing I was interested to, you know, especially seeing some of the pre-release people talking about kind of the cool things you can do with it. And I like it. Uh, we also get new core missions. The the main difference between those and the core missions in the main rule book is this has a lot more progressive scoring, which was one of the main, one of the complaints I was seeing is because if it's like all of your objectives are worth no points until the end of the game. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I've been camping a unit on it all game and then, Oh, my opponent rolls up and kills it last turn. Oh, that sucks. Which I, I do like that style of missions because all the events that we've kind of been to so far, like a lot of the, I guess uh, event organizers missions have been more progressive. And so if you are like just straight up playing book missions, that's going to be very, very, uh, I guess if that's how your army runs, you just expect it to live and last the storm long enough to get through. You're like, especially if you're like a slow foot slogging army and you, and you, that's how you've been playing. Cause you've just been playing these core missions. Mm -hmm. You go to an event like something that like Seth runs or Cody runs that has this progressive scoring. You'll find yourself at like a really like, it'll be a huge shell shock when they're like, Hey, yeah. you need to be on this mission objective second turn. And you're like, well, yeah, and I'm not trying to say one's better than the other, but I think not having any progressive scoring in the core book, I think, was a not a great idea. Well, and, and it looks like they're over they're, they're correcting with this. Yeah, I, I will say that it's not a, a. I don't think that one's better than the other, but I do think that if you plan on playing events outside of your local, you know, 
local gaming club, yeah. that is going to be what you're going to see at events. Yeah. And if you and your friends got into the heresy with this edition, so you don't have any like previous experience with the older editions and you've just been playing out of the book, then you, you might not know to think about progressive scoring where you do score points at the end of a turn instead of at the end of the game. Yes. So I, I think it's really cool that it looks like they're listening. Like, like they, they incorporated that. They also have two new missions that are specific for the campaign system called Apex Missions. And so kind of the way the campaign works is it's meant for two players and then you can scale it up to like three players on a team versus another team. And you play games and after each game, the winner of the game will roll a die to see if they can like seize the... Uh, I forget the exact term they use for it, but they're trying to seize... Like capitalize on it and make a huge stride in the campaign. So you'll roll it. The winner of the game will roll a d6, and based on how many more victories they have than the other side, they get a modifier to that roll. And if they hit like a six, then the next game you play is just the apex mission that determines the campaign. Hmm. Okay. So interesting. So it's kind of meant to be after like five games, whoever wins the fifth game, def, if they haven't triggered it yet, automatically triggers the apex mission. But so so it's like a six mission campaign for like a small number of players. So like a six week campaign, like if you're doing like a once a day thing and it's like, oh, by the way, we might not have the six week. So, yeah, yeah. But I guess uh, so yeah. it, it's just a fun like it's meant for like a smaller scale. And if you want to do like a larger campaign, you can break it up into separate theaters and do like like there's ways you can adapt this system and do a lot with it. It's just meant to be like a small block. To I think expand on later. How would you play that though? Like if like let's say you ran a gaming club, like how are you running that? Uh, so depends on how many players I've got. Okay, let's say you had twelve six players. Oh. So okay, twelve players. So twelve players. I probably try to break it up into two of these, and then I might have players like draft to see which of the theaters they want to go into. How many How many weeks are you planning for this to happen? Uh, so. It depends on what everybody's kind of feeling. If they want like a ongoing narrative, might have I might try to make multiple smaller theaters, and then one one of them concludes because they concluded because they can hit the apex at different points. Mm -hmm. uh, have it so that when that one concludes, the players can then go into different theaters. Okay, which this is all just kind of like knee jerk. Uh, like first impressions still like I've, I've only had a couple days to look at the stuff. Okay. So, but what it has as far as in the book, let me see if I can't pull it up. You get like four stratagems per player and they do different things like, uh, the, the core stratagems you can say, okay, well this game I get an extra heavy support choice or I can shift one of my deployment zones six inches in a direction. Hmm. Okay. You know, a few things like that. I saw one of the stratagems in there just like talking real quick. It was Titan support. That was one of the ones specific for the Siege of Cthonia. Yeah, it's like, hey, for this game, uh, you ignore the 25% rule for uh, Lord super heavy or for, uh, for Lord of War. All Lords of War? Uh, Titan specific Lord of War. Okay, yeah. So that doesn't just mean, oh, you get your one Titan at whatever. It means, oh, you can take a, a maniple of, you can bring two Warhounds with an allied detachment of Titan support. Mm hmm. Mm. <laughs> so if you want to you know, just roll up with two or three warhounds or just a warlord it was a 3000 point game you just go warlords here 
you do still need to fit your uh, compulsory on your primary detachment. So if you can make that work, hell yeah. Some of the Apex missions do actually go up to four, are are meant for 4,000 points. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, just casually show up with a warlord on the table. Like, oh yeah, by the way, I took the stratagem. You should have (laughs) known. You don't like it? Oh, you should have bought a warlord. Yeah, you should have your own warlord. So, uh, when you do trigger the Apex mission, only the person who actually triggered it gets to use the stratagem for that game. So, if you play one game, and you're like, I'm not going to use the stratagem, this is just the first game, I'm going to kind of see what it is, and you lose, and your opponent rolls that die and hits that six, there goes all your stratagems. Crazy. And they're not that powerful. I mean, they're not super powerful stratagems, but they're... They're a little nuts. Moving your deployment zone six inches. I mean, if you're world eaters, excellent. I'm just saying there's situations where based on the mission, that can make a huge difference. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty interesting. The two Apex missions they showed off were specific for the Chthonia campaign. Let me see if I can get to those real quick. Apex missions. So one of them, the Pyre of Ambition, is... Uh, the defender is the defender gets more points, but they're more scattered. So the attacker is trying to capitalize on that and keep them from regrouping together. So you have uh, asymmetrical points. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the defender uses twenty five percent more points than the attacker, and so they they have it balanced to thirty seven fifty and three thousand points. How much more percentage more? Twenty five percent. Wow, that's significant. Yeah. If you're playing a 4,000-point game, that means that you have 5,000 and your opponent has 4,000 points. Yeah. That's significant. Yeah, okay. So, but the defender can only deploy a third of their units. The rest have to go in reserves. Okay. Interesting. And then the attacker gets two deployment zones on either side, and the defender just kind of deploys ambush style. Oh, God, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, but they're interesting games. They make, I mean, that's, these are all very good, uh, uh, general testing. Like, you know, how good are you at actual tactics? Cause like, you're going to be put at a disadvantage or you're going to, this is not your normal. I have Terminator squad that kills tanks or I have, you know, last cannon squad that does this. And I have to, I rely on this to do that. And it all starts on the table together. It's like, Oh, well you better be a little bit more flexible partner. It's like, okay, well, good. I'm, I can only get you know a third of my units on the table. Good thing that's the Warlord Titan I get to bring. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rounding up, right? <laughs> uh, but, so, there's two Apex missions in the book, and they both have the same restriction of neither player may declare a drop pot assault, deep strike assault, or subterranean assault. Dookie. So, you so can, like... You leave those drop pods at home. Hope you don't need those to hit your 3750. Hmm. I mean, that's a very restrictive Apex mission. Both of them say that. Basically, you need to let your players know that before the campaign is even started. 100%. It's interesting. That that is absolutely something to put, make sure your players are very much aware of. Like me, like I have a full day of revelation list that like I'm painting up right now. It's like, "Mm, well, I hope you have normal list as well. Well, good news. You've got tanks. <laughs> I hope you have 3,000 points of normal list lying around because you're not taking that on the, the big day. Yeah, so I, I, that does prevent you from taking certain rights of war. Yeah. So if you're, running, if you're running an event where people are coming from out of town, 
have a plan for when somebody didn't read that and showed up with something that now they're not allowed to play. Because mm. you can put as much as you want in your player's pack, but there's what do you do when somebody paid for their ticket and didn't read that and showed up with something, you know? Yeah. So I would have liked to have seen a few Apex missions that don't have that. But uh, the way it works... So the formatting on these is kind of weird. It has like your victory conditions, then how you set up the battle, like as far as attacker and defender, then how many points it's balanced for, then your deployment maps, and then the rules are at the very end. So this one seems kind of straightforward, right? It's like, okay, kind of like an ambush style, asymmetric points, right? Uh, the attacker gets to place grav mines. So hmm. they get D6 plus one grav mine markers uh, before any models are put on the table. You put them anywhere anywhere within nine inches of a marker you put down with this is uh, difficult terrain. And at the end of each player turn, the attacking player rolls a D3 and adds one. Any models within nine inches of... What's the D3 for? Oh, okay, that's how far they move. So anything within nine inches of that grab mine are moved that many inches towards the center. Hmm. And once somebody comes in contact with the center, everybody within nine inches, every model takes a strength eight AP four hit. And then you pull the, pull the mine. Okay. And they get up to seven of those. And then the defender gets dropship hulks. So D three plus two. So between three and five. And those are just kind of like ship parts. Falling from space. Or that have already fallen. Oh, Okay. So you get there and you can search it and has a little table for different things you can find. Uh, the thing could just blow up or you could find a little void shield and everybody gets an invul save. Interesting. Or it like surges with power and makes dangerous terrain or you find more ammo. Uh, I'd like if it had said what, what they intend these markers to be like sized at because my mind is like for there to be anything useful in it, it has to be kind of big but if it w- could blow up and then it's listed as area terrain. So my mind kind of goes to like the crash tequila lander from the old starter. Yeah. Except that would be a very large explosion. If you were with it, well, it was like four pieces, right? Yeah. And that would be your D three plus two. It's pretty massive. Oh, you're talking about each one of those. Is- it was, yeah. Just whatever's in the area terrain. So each piece would be its own area terrain. This is just kind of like my my uh, initial reaction to this because it doesn't say like what size they should be. It just says it is a piece of area terrain that is difficult terrain that confers a four up cover save on models inside of it. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like ruins level. At least, like ruins used to give a cover save like that. Right now, the only things like cover saves aren't as good as they used to be from terrain. So a four up. Four up, inv- or four up cover save from terrain right now. There's not a lot of ways to get that very easily. And then if that's a skirmish unit, you're now getting a three up cover save. Yeah. I guess if you're an event organizer or like a campaign. I'm interested to like play these out. Yeah. Some. So the next one was very interesting to me. It was called the Ashes of Victory. And that's to represent a part in the campaign where the Sons of Horus stormed an Imperial Fist stronghold found that it was empty and then Imperial fist like counter sieged them. Okay. So like they lured them into a trap and then they sieged the Vanguard while they're waiting for uh, more support. Okay. So 
And what is this? this? Is a mission or this is a? These are both the apex missions. Okay. So these are meant to be like the the capstone, like the the, the final mission for this campaign. Okay. And so this one is very similar. The defender deploys anywhere not within 12 inches of the board edge. Okay. And they only get up to half their units. And then the attacker, everything goes into reserve. So then the attacker gets like little bunker, like little uh, like hatches they get, like secret hatches they put on the table where they can come out of. Okay. Uh, the defender gets an objective in the middle of the table. It's worth three points every turn. And then you get a point for uh, destroyed, destroyed opponents' units. The defender doesn't roll for reserves. The defender has to spend a victory point to bring on a unit from reserves. Two points if it's a super heavy Primarch or a uh, Lord of War. Okay. But the attacker's in reserves, so they don't have anything till turn two. Yeah. And the defender can attack and destroy the uh, advance markers that they come out of. Okay. Now they can everything can still walk on the table. Anything can come on from the board edge that's not within twelve inches of an enemy model. Sounds like a cluster of a mission. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things where I don't know that I would use this at an event. Yeah. Because I was looking through the last one. I'm like, okay, that's neat. And then I got to the last page with the like. Oh, here's the grav mines and uh, uh, the uh, the wrecked ship parts. I'm like, oh, if I'd gone to an event, I would not have seen this page until after we're starting turn one. Yeah, you kind of have to be pretty. I mean, this is something that you'd have to like. I don't, and it's one of those things where I don't know if you'd want because like there's a lot of ways to like game a lot of that stuff once you start seeing the rules and all that jazz. Yeah, and so it seems like you would want a. It's like let your players know that there's a possibility you're going to play either of those Apex missions and you just don't know what it is until the day of, but be yeah. aware of both of the Apex mission types. Yeah, so I, I'd like to get one of these going at our local shop just because I want to see how this system works in practice. Mm-hmm. And part of that's going to be going over these and be like, okay, Apex missions, you don't get your additional, your advanced deployment methods. You don't get, you know, you might be playing, because this one's meant for 4,000 point game. The, the second one says a points limit of 4,000 is recommended for this mission. So. Yeah, I'm curious because, like, and don't get me wrong. Not everybody right? has 4,000 points. That's a, that's kind of a big ask. Yeah, I don't think very many gaming stores have a driving, because it's not a like a escalation. Like, these are cool missions to incorporate into your events and all that jazz, like, besides the Apex missions. But to actually like run this campaign, I'd be curious how many groups actually do because you're going to need a driving force of a person to it, actually make this happen because there's a lot of stuff because you're going to have to pre-read everything. Yes. You're essentially going to be running like the Horus Heresy version of a uh, D&D campaign. Pretty much. And then you have to like get everybody on board. Like, yeah, like it works best, I think. I think that's why they limited it to like six players because it works best for like a gaming group. Yeah, that like has every model available to them already. Or it's like, oh, we're playing 4,000 points. Okay, can I borrow a knight? Yeah. This is going to be for an advanced gaming group is what I would say. And then a titan of a campaign runner. (laughs) like With titans? Yeah, like a, a, 
a champion of a the, the, uh, Hercules, a Hercules the, of the Adonis of <laughs> event or campaign organizers, some insane event organizer that would make this happen. Yeah. So I don't think I would just drop these missions into my, into like an event. I think this is something you kind of have to build the campaign around and make sure everybody's aware of and on board for. I would definitely get ideas from them though. Oh, for sure. But yeah, this one, it sounds exactly a lot of, like a lot of those stuff sound like event missions that you play. Well, yeah, this was a mission that me and me and John play tested. Oh yeah, we had it was like the one with the casta the caster stronghold, the the old space marine like tile that was like a Lord of War you could take. Yeah, and somebody was deployed on that, and then the attacker came and was like trying to siege it. We're play testing a mission like that, and then I read this, I'm like, this is that mission. They 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 have they still have me bugged. <laughs> Like I, I was like, I sent this over to him. He's like, oh, what, what the hell are they? Are you? Yeah, we yeah. play tested this for nothing. Because we were even talking about like, okay, well maybe the attacker gets something like, uh, like little bunkers underground they get to deploy from. That's how it works, man. It's all got to go somewhere. So yeah, I, they're really interesting. I can't say for sure too much on them because I want to play them. I want to, I want to feel kind of how they, how they work in practice. There's too many moving parts for me to just kind of look at it and go, oh, yeah, no, this is going to be a problem. Oh, you're going to have to figure out what to do when somebody shows up like this. Yeah. It, it, it's curious. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of, like, who that's catered for. And I guess if, like, I had to think of, like, the gaming group that would, like, you would get that going for, like, that. Because I don't even think we have the people, like, available amongst our gaming group to, like, say, hey, let's do this. Like, I, don't I mean, we could, but we would, somebody would have to go off like half cocked and just like, hey, let's go and then deal with problems, like put out fires as they pop up and be able to uh, have that many people show up to the go play this campaign multiple weeks in a row. I think it, it would take a very dedicated group to make this happen, yeah. I think. But I mean, there's content in there that you can steal from. So, oh, for good. sure. And I haven't even, like, I'm not going to start digging into, like, the specific missions. I do like the new core missions. I think they are worth checking out. I think there's only, like, five of them. And they only use the uh, Hammer and Anvil, Dawn of War, and Search and Destroy, which is the corners deployments. Uh Uh So they don't use the, like, weird triangles. Which I don't know anybody was, like, super down for triangle deployment. Yeah, it's not the worst. That and then ambush is always like, oh, well, here we go. Here we go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> it's going to be one of those games, isn't it? But yeah, as far as like the new, I think it's interesting. I don't think it works for an event with people coming from out of town. I like over a weekend. I Hell no. Because then it's like what happens. Even with multiple players, it kind of breaks down because it's like, okay, well, who gets to roll for that? Who gets to roll to see if the next mission is the Apex mission? Okay, well, so now that you have three tables playing the Apex mission, how do you determine who wins the campaign? Is it like which side wins the most of that mission? If you're out there and you're actually planning on playing this campaign, let us know. Take I'll, notes. I want to know which uh, which hobby group you're a part of. <laughs> and like who, who's running it? Who's the guy running it? Yeah, I... I would have liked to have seen maybe one more Apex mission that has like, okay, well, here, what if they do have the, uh, like, like one that does let you play drop pods or outflanking? 
Because you know it would tear that second mission up if somebody brought Angel's Wrath where they're not doing alternate deployment, but they do get to bring in their flyers from reserve turn one. And your opponent has 2,000 points on the table. And you just ice it. And you just roll up. Because attacker gets first turn. Normally, that means you don't get any models because everything has to be in reserve. You It doesn't actually let you roll for reserves turn one. So de- defenders turn one, they light up as many of those bunkers as they can, and they get their three points for the objective. And so they start with something they can start spending to bring in reserves. But if the attacker just comes in, ices what was on the objective, like keeps them from getting that, then you just table your opponent. Interesting. So what happens when somebody brings Angel's Wrath and like six Storm Eagles? <laughs> like, what do you do? You just figure it the fuck out. I mean, if you're... <laughs> that's, that's what you're going to have to do. Uh, the new Zone Mortalis rules, I've, I've been too busy looking at the campaign stuff to dig into. I did have some people give me some like, some of the, the like quick notes on it. Instead of no models of like more than seven wounds, they bumped up to more than eight wounds. So now Leviathans can join the party. Yeah, I saw that Leviathans can join, Thanatars can join, right? Yeah, and it's like, well, what if my opponent brings a Thanatar? It's like, we'll find a new opponent. <laughs> He's not go, your friend. Yeah, just go, go play something. You go actually have fun. Uh, I did see some like more diagrams, I think, than I saw in the White Dwarf articles. So I think they did kind of realize that there's a couple more things that needed to be addressed. But like I said, I have I haven't had the chance to really dig into Zone Mortalis. Did you see these uh, Imperial Fist uh, additional rules? The shotgun? The shotgun and the Warlord traits? Yes. So now Imperial Fist can take a Pharaoh Mag shotgun? Hell yeah. So you could basically change your Astarte shotgun for a Pharaoh Mag shotgun, which is a 10-inch range, strength 5, AP4, assault 1, breaching 6. Yeah. That's handy. Hell yeah. I was talking to talking to Bud about it. He's like, how do I get shotguns on my breachers? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a couple new warlord traits. Uh, doesn't look like anything crazy. They had the rules for Lord Castle and Evander Garius for 215 points. He's neat. You get a uh, weapon skill 6. Praetor level. Four wound, two plus save. Heavy character... Yeah, um, he's a cataphract. He's a big old boy. He's chonky. Three up adamantium will. The Butcher of Larison. If the start of the any player turn, the opposing player has scored more victory points. If the oh wait, if at the start of the player turn, the opposing player has scored more victory points than Lord Castle of Anagarius, controlling player, than Lord Castle of Anagarius and all models in the unit he has joined gain rage two. Yeah. Furthermore, whenever an opposing player scores victory points by causing a unit from the same attachment as Lord Castle of Vanagarius to be entirely removed from casualties, Lord Castle of Vanagarius control the player may choose to roll a d6. If the final result of that roll is six, then the number of victory points score is reduced by one to a minimum of zero. The result of d6 is increased by one if the opposing player currently has more victory points. That is a lot of rule for that. Yeah. Victory point manipulation. I mean, it's a really funny, like, oh, you didn't win. Oh, you wiped me out? Oh, you don't get points for it, though. You didn't win? No. 
Just like it's like super petty. Like he comes with a subjugator, which is a strength eight AP one power weapon that is unwieldy, brutal, brutal two with a reaping blow one. Yeah, these are his like these are his mitts. These are his power gauntlets. Subjugator and then Incineratus. Incineratus is his uh, Volkites. Volkites, strength five AP five assault five. Two plus four plus. He also has Fiona Pain five up. Does Volkite have Radphage? Oh yeah. What does Radphage do? If you take a wound from it, then your toughness is reduced for the rest of the game. Mm. I'm trying to figure out a way to like reliably hit that on a contemptor. But the problem is none of these weapons are AP anything worth doing. Well, it's all five. You might get something through. Yeah, if you push it through and he gets that one. But you're 15 inch range, so. Yeah. May never be selected as part of a testament that also includes Rogue Dorn. <laughs> and then the Sons of Horus, they got the Kasoran Power Axe and the Kasoran. The Power Tabar. So that's a new one. That's pretty neat. It's uh, Strength plus one, AP three, melee, breaching, four up, two handed. Mm-hmm. So it's not unwieldy. Interesting. It's kind of like halfway between a power axe and a power sword. Yeah, so strength five is pretty neat, but the lack of AP two. Breaching four up. It's pretty nice. Still pretty so, nice the fact that it's not unwieldy. Yeah. I mean, all you're giving up is that extra attack for multiple close combat weapons. And then you can't use it with like a boarding shield. And then you got a couple new warlord traits and you got Varian. Asherhadon. Asherhadon. This is pretty neat. Like, I think his model's pretty cool. His rules are pretty neat. He's like the, he's like a Reaver Lord. So he's got a bunch of rules that Reavers get, like precision shots, precision strikes. He's battle hardened one. So you don't double him out until you get strength 10. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and he's, uh, if you allocate a wound to him, like as the controlling player, not, not with like sniper or anything like that, uh, you get to re-roll his invul save against those wounds. So he's just tanking last cannon shots for his unit all day. He gets a retinue squad of reavers too. Yep. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if they opened up the uh, jump pack option for him, but I get it. That's fine. Oh, and uh, all range gets reduced by three inches from him. Yeah, he's a little, uh, he's a little Alpha Legion guy. Interesting. Yeah, he's a cool little character. That's a fun character to keep in there. Just a, a just a, a, I guess like a really good attacker. I mean, this is somebody that's up there with uh, Abaddon as far as like level of characters and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's crazy tanky. A tanky boy. So after that, we go into what I think is probably the overall winner on the rules section here is the Decurian. The Legionis Decurian section. Uh, What's pretty cool about these, and it's something that I guess nobody realized was going to be a thing, was I think everybody assumed that these were going to be like HQ choices. Yeah. And they're absolutely not. No, it's just an upgrade. It's just a straight upgrade for a tank that you can throw on there. And, and, And what's crazy is there's no rule limitation for 
the number of tanks you can put it on. Yeah. So it, it specifically says it can go on every tank that it has as far as like what's labeled it for it. Yeah. So you get one per tank and that's the only restriction. Yeah. And it tells you what tanks it can go on. Uh, but they there's all have the same four in the list, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I, I think they're kind of future proofing it. So they could in the future bring out a, like a Spartan to Korean or a basilisk to Korean basilisk, to Korean. <laughs> some sort of artillery to Korean man. We dope. I yeah. just drop that bad boy in a Minotaur. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think we're going to get a Minotaur to Curry. In, you'll see. I send crazier things and they've happened. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they already got us bugged. <laughs> so that being said, uh, what's crazy about it is you can put them in, like let's say you had a Predator squad of three. You can have a Decurion on each Predator Um Yep. whatever you wanted to do it, there's no limitation on only having one per unit. So uh, you'll see what happens kind of into all of the carrions offer a new special advanced reaction from the predator tanks. That's kind of what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And in some of those, they also include war gear that taint that those d- d- tanks haven't had available to them before. Yes. Which is, which will come up later. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty important. Yeah. That was one of those like, Stealth upgrades. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, there is... Uh, so all, you, all Astartes can take two of them, the Decurian Defensor and the Decurian Locus. And one thing that is very specific in the rules is this has to be modeled on the tank. It's very specific. This the rules is written. You have to have it modeled on the tank. Yeah. Uh, you there, need to have your receipt from Forge World. It cannot be closed hatch, <laughs> Decurion. <laughs> this man needs to be out there. Hold on, let me see here. All Legion of Decurion upgrades must be visually represented on the upgraded model by a suitable model placed in an otherwise empty cupola or hatch. Okay. It's right there in black and white. Yeah, so you got to have a dude out there. Find somebody with an extra sprue from their, from their Spartan. The little Mark II guy. The little Mark II guy. He, we're going to see a lot more of that guy. If you're running closed couplers, <laughs> doo-doo to you. <laughs> <laughs> we need to see him. They're going to check his ID. He's got to have his little his card. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna do an audit. Well, I mean, even for the Legion-specific ones, which we'll get to when we talk about those, I think, I think there's opportunities there. Yeah, definitely. So you just want to dive into the generic ones? Yeah. So let's first go over the Legionis Decurion Defensor. Uh, so this is a unaligned Legion Decurion. So this is, it can go within any army out there as long as it is uh, Legionis Astartes. It is a 20 point upgrade. And this can go on your Predator Squadrons, your Sakaran Squadrons, your Sakaran Punisher Squadron, and your Legion Kratos Squadron. One thing I do want to point out is they did identify this does not go with just any Sakaran. So it's not going to go on your Sakaran Omega. It's not going to go on your uh, Sakaran Arqua. This is going to be specific for the Punisher and your normal Sakarans. Exactly. But uh, good news is your Predator, you get the whole host of predator weapons that you can put on those so absolutely there's no restrictions to the type of predator because in this edition there is no predator annihilator predator destructor or anything like that it's just a generic predator and you get to throw it on there so sorry spartan starry typhons mr defensor is not coming along better luck next book uh so as far as what he does for you uh the defensor actually gives you the advanced reaction point defense 
Okay. Now, this advanced reaction may be made whenever an enemy unit declares a charge or shooting attack, targeting a unit that includes a model that is eligible to make the point defense reaction. The reacting unit may make a shooting attack with any defensive weapons. And if you're not familiar, a defensive weapon is going to be anything that's strength six or below. Also, any pencil weapons. And any pencil-mounted weapons. Uh, and so you may make a shooting attack with any defensive weapons that are not turret-mounted. Uh, and any pencil-mounted weapons. Targeting the enemy unit that triggered this reaction and following all the usual rules for shooting attacks except that all pedal mounted weapons may make twice the normal number of attacks. A unit that makes a shooting attack as part of this point defend reaction may not make any attacks indirectly without line of sight, including weapons with the barrage special rule, yada, 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 basically. Yeah, all the usual restrictions on vehicles firing with reactions. So as far as like the best case scenario that you can use this in, right? Right. I was kind of considering, because my big thing is I was thinking that this would be extremely valuable, like with my army, Blood Angels running essentially a uh, pinnel mounted assault cannon. And I, I, I do run pinnel mounted uh, Bell Predator turret, but because this specifically right. does not let you use defensive turret weapons, yeah. I would have to switch my last cannons to my turret mounted last cannon and then my, uh, uh, my assault cannons to. The Sponsons. Sponsons, yeah. But that's 60 additional points for my Predator and, to do that. Yeah, and then you're not getting the twin linked on the reaction, which is going to bite you with the uh, the rule that those get, where they are... Gets hot. hot. Yep. So, you know, there was, there was a number of different ways that I was thinking of, like, where this would be just the most valuable way to use People this. Multi-melters, man. Pretty much. That's just essentially... Up the multi-melter shots. If you have a situation where you have a uh, pencil mounted multi-melter this lets you pop that off twice for just an additional 20 points so when you factor in that a pencil mounted multi-melter is 20 points you're basically getting that second shot multi-melter which is already twin link so yeah but you only got to pay for it once to get it on the whole squadron yes so if you break that up amongst let's say you get a squadron of four guys that is an extra five points a guy is a free multi-melter shot. I mean, obviously you got to pay for the initial multi-melters, but... I mean, if you're running them anyway... May as well, yeah. At that point, may as well. Uh, this was not one of the ones that got upgraded with an additional... Uh, any sort of war gear or anything no. like that. So this is just straight. 20 points, you get to shoot twice with your pinnel mounted. But... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a clear, like, open and shut case for Predators, like... If you're running squadrons of predators and you're investing in pencil mounted weapons for them, I think this guy's a great choice. You think of like one of the big things I kind of wanted to share as far as with everybody kind of like what would be the best case scenario for this. I think if you were running a predator squadron of four guys, right? Yeah. So you have a four man predator squadron and it doesn't really matter what kind of weapons they have because this one of the big things I do want to let you guys know is when you do this advanced reaction, you lose the ability to overwatch or you lose the ability to uh, return, uh, fire. return fire because you're instead using this re advanced reaction. Right. So essentially in this case, if you had a, let's say the best case scenario, you have a four man, a four man squadron of predators that all have pinnacle mounted multi-meltas. Uh, 
you spent 20 points to upgrade one of those tanks up to a Decarian Defensor. Let's say you got charged by a... Uh, uh, actually, what phase is this in? It'd be either phase. Whenever you're yeah. you know, the target of a shooting attack or charge. Yeah, right. So let's say a a Contemptor Dreadnought has charged you. Oh, no. Now he's getting eight twin-linked multi-melter shots into him. And once again, squadrons don't block line of sight to each other, so yep. that is significantly going to hurt him. Oh, yeah. So... Is there any other is like best case scenario that could happen? Well, so losing out on the turret sucks, but the only turrets that qualify for that would be if your Blood Angels are Imperial Fists and you have the Assault Cannon turret, or if you've got, I think maybe the... The Volkite turret. Yeah, the Volkite. Yeah. Which, I mean, it would have been really fun to get those extra Assault Cannon shots in, but... Yeah. And I, I think mostly what this is for is just cranking down multi-melta shots on somebody. Yeah, and I guess uh, uh, there is the case where, like, let's say, you know, talking about best case scenario, this does not restrict your um, your sponson weapons as well. You do get to fire with those as well. They're just not double tapped. Right. So if, let's say, that scenario did happen where you had a Contemptor charging you and now you have four tanks that have double the amount of multi-melter shots, let's say they just happen to have heavy bolter sponsons for whatever reason. Heavy bolters are like Volkite. And so then those get to also shoot, but uh, the real value heavy flamers. Yeah. Wall of death. Yeah. yeah. That many, that many spawns and throwing wall of death at you. That's going to be a weight of dice to get a couple of wounds through. Maybe. I wonder what would actually be more valuable is to have a, if it was like in the case of like a contemptor charging you, right. Or in the case of like infantry charging you, would it be better to have assault a, cannon, eight or a multi-melter flame? squad, Oh, eight multi-melter, Shots, or would it be more D three wall of death hits? Yeah, which I think they're maxed in the the reaction itself. Well, no, the vehicle reaction you just use wall of death. I thought. Yeah, or, or it doesn't double the shots for wall of death. Okay, yeah. Instead of the, or do you still get twice the number of shots? Template weapons used as part of a point defense reaction must use the wall of death rule instead of attacking normally but are assumed to inflict the maximum possible number of hits instead of rolling to determine the number of hits. Right. So, so it would be 3, 6, 9, 12, 24 hits. So that doesn't just apply to your your pencil matter weapons. That's a separate sentence. Yeah, if you had the... Oh, hold on. Template weapons... It's just a, uh, com- the last sentence of that rule. Template weapons used as part of a point defense reaction must use the wall of death rule instead of attacking normally, but are assumed to inflict the maximum possible number of hits. Interesting. So, so I guess I got to flip over to wall of death. So that's actually pretty interesting. So like, let's say you did have like, let's say in the case of like death guard, alchem flamers, I was like, is a pintle mounted heavy flamer going to get six automatic hits? Yes. That's what it's saying. Two shots. And so would your, so would your sponsor mounted as well. Well, sponsors would get three because they're not a pintle. They went double shots. Because the pintle gets double shots. Yeah. Which is six. And then you get three and three. So six, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So, twelve shot, twelve hits, auto hits, twelve auto hits. If you charge per tank, that's significant. And then if you're doing something like I said, like Death Guard, Alchem Flamers that have like Fleshbane, but also have Get Hot. <laughs> so that's gonna be an interesting one there. Okay, if a template weapon fires as a snapshot, it inflicts D three hits 
And so that's, is that it doesn't specify if that's per attack. If a template weapon fires a snapshot, it uses wall of death. Or if it uses user reaction. And this one gets to fire twice. So yeah. So that would be two different attacks. So it's a D3 hits per attack. Right. So if you're attacking twice with it, then you're hitting two D3, which is an auto three. So. Yeah. So if you're wall of deathing with a defensor, you're maxing out all of your wall of deaths, Mm. which definitely valuable for people who like, I truly, I do not know a lot of people who do uh, flame weapon. Anybody, but they, they, yeah, they flame weapon predators aren't a a normal thing. So especially when the flamestorm turret doesn't get to play. Right. But even then that's usually strength seven, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, I think I, I think I, it get, I think it gets wall of death as well. But I think it gets an advanced wall of death, which is like maximum. Uh, and I think it goes up to d six. Now I think I might be talking about the warhound titan at this point. But yeah, the warhound because it has torrent, it gets d six instead of d three. Mm, yeah, but the the flame storm cannon yeah, is torrent. torrent. Okay, yeah. then it would be d six. Okay, and so well, it's a turret, so you don't get to shoot it. It doesn't get to play anyway. It's, yeah, this kind of throws for the loop that last sentence there, which essentially makes all of your wall of death. Yeah, because when I scanned over it, I thought that was instead of the double shots from the pencil mounted heavy flamer, instead it just no, that's all all flame templates. Interesting. That being said, you know, who else is good at flames? Uh, salamanders. Yeah, the dragon breath flamers. Those are plus one strength, right? I forget. I. Caught me in the wrong book, man. I can look that up real quick, but that's uh, that's something I thought that's what the Dragon Breath Flame... Because the Alchem Flamers are Fleshbane, but they get right. hot. Right, and because they auto-hit, that means you have to roll before you even fire, and if it get if it doesn't get hot, you fire it normally. Uh, Dragon's Breath, uh, when using the Wall of Death, they get D6 instead of D3 hits. So this gets really crazy now. So all you Salamanders players... So that's 6, 12, 18, 24 auto hits per tank. If you have four tanks, that is close to 100 hits. At strength six, so they're winning on twos. So 96. If you got charged, if you got charged by a contemptor, you auto deal 96 (laughs) flame hits. What's the strength of the six? You're you're winning on twos on normal Marines. What is you're that? cooking them? <laughs> Let oh, them. <laughs> holy cow! <laughs> Salamander players. Yeah. Uh, so if you play Salamanders, you might want to pick this book up too. <laughs> you might just add them to the list of sons with Sons of Horus and Imperial Fists. Uh, that is a uh, let's let me let's let's go over that one more time just to make sure because that's significant. Just double double check that math real quick. Well, not so much the math, just so much. Let me just reread this rule because. It specifically says uh, template weapons used as part of a points defense reaction, so most must use wall of death rule instead of attacking normally, but are assumed to inflict the maximum possible number of hits of rolling to determine the number of hits inflicted. Yeah. Wow. That's significant, dude. (laughs) That is significant. (laughs) Jesus, dude. 
That is very significant. Auto hits, 96 auto hits. Have you charged my unit? Dude, I was dealing very, very painful, painful amount of damage with my assault cannons. And, you know, they rend, but they're not, you know, I was, there was a lot of failed armor saves. But the, you know, as far as like. But you're not throwing 96 dice at them. No, I'm and throwing. Those are 96 hits that are, if it's Marines, you're wounding on twos. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm throwing. Uh, 16 shots at you when you charge me with my assault cannons, like just my normal assault cannons or no, I was throwing out four, eight. Yeah, dude, I wasn't anywhere close. I wasn't anywhere close to 96. This is crazy. Wow. So you do have to be within eight inches, right? To get that. Uh, yes. Wall of death. Yeah. It's an eight inch wall of death. So that means if you're not within eight inches of every single one of the tanks in the squadron, then that is a way to like drop 24 hits off of that per tank. Yeah. But if you mighty uh, ducked it if, up the field, but that, or if your opponent catches you slipping, you don't know what this thing does. How would you touch it? You'd have to basically just shoot it. You could not charge it. And if you try to shoot it, you have to be far away to shoot it. If you're unfortunate enough to where you have a day of revelation army, <laughs> you land on this unit. Wow, that is a significant. Uh, well, or deep strike assault, drop pot, anything. I like think that. what I do in that situation is I uh, hope that the turret isn't anything crazy and I ignore it. Because yeah. if they're just shooting flame temples at me normally, that's fine. I'm fine. I'll be fine. I'm in power armor. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a yeah. You just have to ignore it. Ignore. How many hits does that same unit get shooting at me normally? Nowhere near that amount. Because when you're shooting templates normally, you can't put it on another member of your squad. Yeah, that is a very, very interesting... So that that unit is not as good shooting on your own turn as it is when you're reacting. Yeah, we found a very specific unit it's very, very good for, but not practical. Not likely to see well, in the I mean, game. Pencil-mounted Heavy Bolter and heavy, or heavy Flamer and then the Heavy Flamer Sponsons, that's not a lot of points. Yeah, and then you basically use your turret for the heavy lifting, right? Yeah, the turret, is that's what you do in your turn. Yeah. Yeah. Reacting Kings, the Legion of Sitakarian Defensor for Salamanders. Clear winner in this case. Clear winner. That's that's the unit. Everybody else, take your multi-meltas. <laughs> um, looking at like the Sakarian, I don't see a ton of benefit in it with the Sakarian. Uh, just be, it's going to be essentially the same thing, just way more expensive as far as uh, the amount of uh, investment you'll put in whatever pendle mounted but it's going to be the same 20 points. It's going to get you the same ability you would get in the Predators. Heavy Flamers, can you toss on a Kratos? That's the next question I had because that's going to be, luckily, <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot less because you can only take a single Kratos. You or take wait. two in a squadron. Oh, God. Well, yeah, I, I still think it would be a lot less than four. Now, for your points that you might be you know, hurting yourself on points because the 300 points a tank. Wait, 6, 12, 18, 20. Yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> I thought I did math wrong for a second, but. Uh, so the hull mounted guns are not going to be flamers. Okay. So I think it's just going to be the sponsons and maybe the, uh, maybe the pencil mounted weapon. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think I've looked at to see how many assault cans I could put on a Kratos. Yeah. It's never as much as you wish. Right. Yeah. But it is a good way to keep your Kratos alive with the double, double multi-multa shots it truly is a defensive reactive attack 
I don't think this is the Decurion for the Kratos. I think it's as useful as anything else because your Decurion, your your Kratos is going to get attacked by uh, flanking uh, land speeders. Well, yeah. If you're hiding your Kratos in the back, which a lot of people do, people are going to send outflankers, drop potters, deep strikers against your Kratos. And so I don't think that I would not spend 20 points to let my... Because what are you taking on a Kratos Pennell? Well, do you want to move on to the Decurion Locust or do you have more to talk about with the Defensor? Well, I would say like in this case of the Defensor, you know, what are you putting on the... Because I think, like I said, I don't think this is the Decurion for the Kratos. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So, and then the other option is the Punisher, which... It, you get the same use case as out of that as you do as the Sakarian because the difference is going to be the turret, which you don't get on this reaction. Yeah. So... I guess, uh, but the only thing with the Punisher then is, if you just kind of trick your opponent into thinking about that that uh, that Decurion, you can still return fire normally. You don't have to use the advanced reaction. That's what I was saying. I think I would just prefer to use my, uh, <laughs> just prefer to use my Punisher cannon. Yeah. With my uh, with my Punisher. Yeah, it just depends on if it's like another tank shooting you and you wanted to double up on that pencil mounted multi melta or something. Hmm. Okay, so the next guy up. So we have the Decurion Locus, who is a little chonkier. He's 30 points. Uh, he goes on the same tanks, Predator, Sakarin, Sakarin Punisher, Kratos. He opens up the Locus Strike Advanced Reaction, and he comes with a Nuncio Vox. Now, just for you guys who are not sure what the Nuncio Vox does, actually a couple things that it does. Uh, one of them that's probably most important for this tank, as far as helping it, is you get to reroll blast templates fired from a from anything from anything as long as this can see the intended target. So if you are running a vehicle that does have something that shoots blast templates, maybe you're running I don't know Kratos. Yeah, you can basically twin linked twin link the uh, without the benefits of the uh, uh, like a soft twin link. Yeah, it's a soft twin linked. So it'll let you re-roll the scatter of the blast because your Nuncio Vox will always be able to see what your Kratos is shooting at. Yeah, because Kratos doesn't have barrage options, so de facto it gets to use that Nuncio Vox on its own shots for sure. Yes. And then it also gives the benefit of using it for other tanks as well. Okay. Another benefit it has is nothing can infiltrate within 18 inches of it. Yep. So if you do have a number of tanks that have this, you can sprinkle that out through your army. If you're not already doing that with Nuncio Voxes, uh, on your normal infantry, like let's say you are running an armored spearhead, you do want to now go ahead and get some of that infiltrating armies off of your butt. Which for me, I want them closer, but you know, maybe your you, mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary, but not this all, is not everybody gets the assault cannons. This is a way to squeeze a piece of infantry, was once infantry only war gear, into your normal uh, predator squadrons or your Sakaran squadrons or. And you don't have to put that on everybody. You can just sprinkle it out, get that, uh, get okay. those infiltrators off of you, and uh, yeah, help you out there. Yeah, so that's a fun little thing for anything that has to worry about scatter. Uh, but the main thing you're looking at, the difference here is going to be the locust strike reaction. It is very similar. Uh, this reaction is made whenever an enemy unit makes a shooting attack targeting the unit eligible to make this reaction, so you don't get to replace Overwatch with it. Uh, after the active player has done all their damage, but before you actually lose those hull points, then the reactive player may make a shooting attack targeting the unit that triggered this reaction following all the usual rules for shooting attacks. Uh, vehicles may attack with all their defensive weapons 
and up to one battle weapon. Or the controlling player can choose to attack with just a single battle weapon and no defensive weapons, but you get a plus one to your to hit rolls. Uh, template weapons may only be used if the target is within eight inches and must use wall of death instead of firing normally. I don't like how they put that if the target is within eight inches on there. But interesting. Because it doesn't say that in the other one. It sure doesn't. No, I don't like that. Anyway, you just get to return fire with the biggest gun you've got. Yeah. Which so, previously. Mel- yeah. You can use the Melta Cannon on the on the Kratos. You can use <laughs> you can use a uh, conversion beamer from a Predator. There's there's some solid options for this. Yeah, especially if you're going to be seeing things like uh, like in the case of stuff that's kind of Alpha Strike, a Predator Squadron, or just any squadron in general, like like a last cannon. Um, like in my case, from one of the previous events I played against uh, uh, Gabe, he had the last, last cannon, cannon heavy, support, heavy squad. support squad. First yeah. turn, they had first turn. Nothing I can do against that. Now, if I did have a squadron of, you know, let's say heavy conversion beamer, last cannon, this would be the only way I'm going to get my alpha strike back. It, oh, yeah. and, and with this edition, one of the biggest meta things that we've seen recently is going to be. The last cannon, ten man last cannon team. A lot of people swear by that squad. It's 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 out there, and this is going to be if you are going to be a armored spearhead player, this is definitely something to look at because if you do not get first turn, you do not want to be down four hundred something points because the last cannon team took out your entire squadron. Yeah. So, so if you are investing in something, if it can return fire, they might not prioritize it. But if it's like, oh, conversion beamers, I know what those do. Let me not have to worry about those. Let me not dump all of my points in first turn. Let me at least get some points, some value back in this. Even if it is taking out a, d- trading off a Predator Squadron for a last cannon team. Especially if that's your main main way of handling that other squad. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Huge, very huge. Now, one thing I find interesting about this reaction is it lacks a clause that most shooting reactions have in that if for some weird reason you have barrage weapons, you could shoot. Oh, which nothing does. Nothing. No, nothing on the list does. But if, say, you could put this hypothetically, if they let you put this on an Arcus, then if something's hitting you with barrage, you now would have a way of returning fire on that. Yeah. Whereas previously you didn't. Yeah, I guess they, I would say they left it off because they know it. there's no units that have barrage that is available for, well, they put but they the put it one. in the other one, so little do I know. So maybe we'll see some interesting things in the future come out of that, or maybe they just had a, a word count per page, and they decided they didn't need it in this case. So pretty neat. I mean, I think uh, as far as like best case scenario, I think you already admitted it as far as like what I would use this for or what kind of things I would Definitely a four-man Predator Squadron with uh, conversion beamers would be something I would absolutely use this on. For sure. Just because of the ability to return fire with that much range. No matter what range you're at, if you shoot at me, I'm blasting you. Yeah. And you're going to feel it. Without having to move forward, it's going to be from first turn on, I'm conversion beamering you with this and and returning fire. Um, Suck it. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, 
I've had conversion beamers dropped on my HQs multiple times and it sucked every single time. Yeah. One thing I do want to let everybody know that this is going to be a shooting reaction only. These you cannot right. use this in place of a uh of, uh, you don't get to Overwatch with your battle cannon. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> this is going to be if they shoot at you, you get to shoot back. As fun as that would be, yeah, that is not the case. So, uh, one thing I noticed straight away, you can just put both of these in a squadron. Yes, you can have a Locus and you can have a Defensor in both squadrons, or in, in the same squadron, and whatever you need to take advantage of. So, let's say you did have... A squadron of four predators with conversion, with conversion beamers, beamers and multi-multi pencils, and then multi-multi pencils. Or let's say you're a salamander player and you had four conversion beamers. You had a locus on one tank and a defensor on the other, and, and now you just, just got this conversion beamers and heavy flamers. So, like when somebody says, "Get rid of that squad," you get to pick <laughs> how you're killing them. They say, "Get rid of that squad," and then your opponent goes, "How?" What am I supposed to do? What am I meant to do? <laughs> I don't want to shoot it because it'll conversion beamer me. And if I charge him, he'll cook me alive. 96 hits. <laughs> I didn't realize how nasty salamanders are going to... Because you could have a, a locust and a defensor. And now it's like, if you touch this squad, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Let it have its fun. I paid the points. This squad is going to play this game. It's not even that many points. It's 50 extra points. It's nothing. But how many points is four conversion beamer predators at this point? Yeah, you're right. Because we got what 120, 105 for the main tank. The heavy conversion beamers, 25 points. Heavy flamers are what five points a pop. They're free for the sponsons. Yeah, man. That's not the most expensive. It is cheaper than my. That is, that's bell cheaper predators. than assault cannons. I'm telling you, dude. This is a uh, free heavy flamers. Okay, they don't need dozer blades because they're not going anywhere. <laughs> they're 150 points. You get put searchlights on them because you want people shooting at them. 150 points. So four of those is 600 points. Plus 650 points gets you a pretty redonkulous squad. Gets you the the tank version of a Death Star that just sits there. It doesn't have to go anywhere. If you come to it, you'll die. If you stay far away from it, you'll die. It's gonna do what it wants whenever it wants. Yikes. Man, that's a interesting situation. So if they are out of range for all of your other weapons, maybe you do take the plus one to hit, so that scatters a little more precise. Bonkers, dude. Because you are yeah, yeah. Because conversion beamers are template. Yeah. And so you're using your nuncio box too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's all coming together. Holy cow. <laughs> this is a, a, a powerhouse of a unit. You just, just the old salamanders pain train, man. Oh, God dang. And then you could basically just do like a straight line of them because they can all see through each other. Yep. And, and just. Just cranking Andrew WK. Interesting. Interesting. Or like I said, it, you, tie, you you know, 30 points. You may you put that little extra bit on your Kratos. Yeah. It's, I think, and one of the biggest things I think what like adds the most value is the fact that the defensor or the locust both apply to the entire unit. And so obviously once you start expanding out multiple tanks shooting and taking all advantage of the same rule, that's definitely when you start seeing those uh, points efficiencies, but these are all much smaller, uh, 
benefits on things like the Kratos and the Punisher and all that jazz. Yeah, for 30 points, I think it adds a lot to a Kratos. Yeah, I don't think it adds anything to a Punisher for the Locust, but... Well, yeah, because the turret's not a battle weapon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What so do that'd you... be what, the, the last cannon sponson? Last cannon sponson. <laughs> Good guy. Yeah, sure. That was not a that was not a worthwhile thirty points. So, ooh, but how many uh, Sicarians can you take in a in a squadron? Is it three or two? Uh, I think it's just two. I know the Punisher's two. The Ven- the Venator's two. Yeah, it's just two on the regular Sicarians. Now talking about accelerator auto cannons. Now I think we're we're being able to fire with the uh, twin accelerator auto cannons. That's going to be as a reaction in the shooting phase. That's pretty valuable. Yeah, because that's Was it heavy eight, strength seven, rending six up, extra shock. Yeah, yeah. As a shooting reaction, that is significant. Yeah, so you're getting what sixteen of those? I would do that if I was running a pro- a squadron of uh, predators for whatever reason. I would 100% take a locust. Yeah. So if it's like a vehicle, another vehicle tearing up your predators, forget your defensive weapons, just double up on those shots. You just go plus one. So you're both skill five. They're already twin linked. Yep. Yep. If you shot at me with a, a contemptor, if you shot at me with a vehicle, I'm lighting you up with uh, my locust. Yeah. Your opponent's going to feel that. Yeah. That's an easy 30 points to spend. Yeah. Basically 15 that amongst it, two two predators. Depends on what two, you're shooting at. If it's like a Kratos with a flare shield on it, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Pop one of my last cannons off at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one from each tank. <laughs> <laughs> so. Point, yeah, may as well. So, yeah, that's the Locust. I mean, once I again. It's, it, it's solid, dude. Yeah, it is a... Auto upgrade for convergent beam resettlement players, but uh, and they brought they talk about him like it's a centurion. It's just an upgrade. It's just it's a guy. Not an HQ. It's just a fella. So. You can take like twelve of these things. Yeah. So moving on, we do have the legion specific ones for the starting with the sons of Horus. They have the Decurian Lanius, who goes on the exact same tanks. He's a little pricier at forty points. Uh, he does not come with a new reaction. He just has a new special rule that gives all friendly Sons of Horus models within 12 inches. They consider their leadership to be nine unless it would be higher when they're making morale checks or pinning checks in the shooting phase. It also gives them a benefit if they would uh, fail a morale check or a pinning check during the shooting phase. They take D3 wounds, no saves. They get damage mitigation, and then they pass their check. So, so this is, and we had mentioned this because we were talking about the Lanius being Lanius meaning butcher, right? <laughs> like we had joked around talking about this that it was like the commissary Yarrick, like the fortress of arrogance. Fortress of arrogance. Uh, no, hundred percent. That's what it is. That's a hundred percent what it is. If uh, you've basically got a tank that rides behind you and say you better act right, or this dude who has his shoulder on the gun, I am still a commissar. If you fail your morale check, I am going to fire on you. They just gave me a bigger gun. Yeah. So, as far as value of this goes, this is pretty neat. As far as uh, keeping some of those um, morale checks in place. Yeah. Morale's so huge this edition when you're looking at like things like uh, pinning and such. Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, with pinning, I'll take the D3 wounds over being pinned. Being pinned sucks. Yes, 
Now, it only works in the shooting phase. So if you get pinned on Overwatch, this guy doesn't help you. Mm. So I think it's a neat rule. T3 wounds easily. Easy, I'll um, easily yeah. exchange that. Yeah, that, that's not a choice. I'm taking that every time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he also comes with a Bane Strike Bolt Cannon. So it's like the special bolters they get, but in a heavy bolter form. 24-inch range, strength 6, AP 4, heavy 4, breaching 6. It's not bad at all. So plus 1 strength and breaching 6 on your heavy bolter. Yeah. One of the things that I would say it's probably one of the most interesting things about this. It adds it in addition to any other pencil weapons you take. Uh, so you can have a pencil-mounted multi-melta, and you can have this guy with his bait strike bolt cannon. There's not a limit to how many pencil-mounted weapons you can have. It's just whatever your your vehicle's allowed to take. Okay, so, yeah, okay. But I guess you are... I'm not. No, I'm not saying that that's the correct choice every time, but that is a thought you could do. Yeah. One thing I would say, the only thing that changes with this guy versus what we've been talking about on all of the others to consider... He doesn't give you an extra reaction. Uh, he doesn't give you anything cool you get to do. Uh, I wasn't going to say that, but yes, that is true. Uh, this is limited by the model that this guy is on as far as any of the special rules. It doesn't spread out to the entire unit. So if you're taking it on a four predator squadron, it is his range is limited by the model that this is done from. So if you have a special, uh, a special Alanius predator in a squadron with three with three other predators, they only get the benefit if they're within nine inches of this one specific predator. Correct. Okay. 12 inches, but yeah. Or 12, yeah. But one thing to consider is if you do go to a Sakarin, a Sakarin or a Kratos, the bigger the circle, the bigger the imprint, the bigger the footprint, that 12 inches does extend out a little bit. Oh, yeah. um, I would say that probably as far as like how would you be taking this, I'm, I'm going to say that you would probably sprinkle this out amongst your tanks that are more frontline tanks. I don't see a lot of people running the Kratos as like a frontline engager. That's a good so way to lose a Kratos. That's a good way to lose a Kratos. And so sprinkling that into a predator squadron that supports your infantry pretty closely or sprinkling that into a, a Sakaran squadron that does the same thing. Very helpful, especially if you find those pockets where you don't have a Centarian or you have a pocket where you don't have like something that helps your morale in that area. Yeah. This is just, just super good to have. Or if you've got, you know, somebody local who likes to crank crack down with uh, the with pinning terrorism. Yeah, exactly. 40 points is a very, very tough apple to buy. Like that's a lot of points for it's, it's a it's a big pill. It's a big pill for a very small bubble. But at the same well, I guess it's twelve and then your predators are like three inches across and then another twelve. So for a 27 inch bubble of don't fail your morale check. Yeah. I'm just picturing you taking this on like your master of armor, mm -hmm. something to really make it feel more like a character. And then because it has that invul, it's a lot harder for him to just take this off the table. Yeah. So I think the price is real steep. I think the other ones bring a little bit more to the table for being cheaper. And it is Sons of Horror specific, so... Yeah, and I get the points cost is because it, it does come with an additional weapon. Yep. 
And then, but all you would need to do is have that another Dakuri in, in his squadron. And then, hey, that's another weapon. That's a pintle weapon. It gets eight shots if he's got a uh, defensor with him. Dang. And you could do this on a Legion Sakaran Punisher squadron. Because a lot of people do run dual Punisher squadrons just for their reactions. Yeah. If you rolled a Legion Sakaran Punisher squadron, you rolled the dual Punisher. And... Because those you do want to move up because they are shorter range. Yeah. So run this on a Punisher. Run the Lanius on there. Now you're going to get the Bane Strike Bolt Cannon plus your additional Heavy Bolter that they take on top Mm -hmm. to use that as the defensive. Yeah. And so now you have a lot of people what they'll do is they'll run the uh, full Heavy Bolter accoutrement. So you got the three Heavy Bolters. You got the two Sponson, the hole mounted. Take a Pennell mounted Heavy Bolter and the Bane Strike Heavy Bolter. And the Punisher Cannon. And so, but you have that, like, you have that really nice one, and then you'll have like a semi nice Punisher. But this is just going to add four more shots onto that. Yeah. Or ridiculously return fire Punisher Squadron. If you've got the points for it, you could also put them on both, and then they both get that extra. (laughs) I would not. (laughs) 40, 40 points is a lot for a heavy bolter with breaching. Yeah, that would definitely not be spinning. Then are you what are you putting the the defensor on the other one? Because then you're missing out on your turrets if you do that reaction. Oh my god! And I guess at that point, because I mean, now your defensor, if you had a defensor on the other one, and your lanius on this one, now you can fire twice with your bane strike bolt cannon at the cost of both punisher turrets. Yeah. And you you could a, you could shoot your bane strike bolt cannon twice and your pencil mounted heavy bolter or multi melter whatever you have there. Twice. Yeah, but you don't get to shoot the turret. You don't get to shoot the Punisher turret. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not trading the two Punisher turrets for eight shots with a breaching heavy bolter. Yeah, no, the heavy bolter is just it's cool. It's cool that he comes with a strength six heavy bolter. Just unnecessary. It's it what makes it a lot easier in this case because you like we're trying to think of like best case scenarios you yeah, use this like where does this guy shine yeah it, it, what limits us hardcore is the fact that he's a sons of horus specific but but yeah I don't, <laughs> you throw him on your master of armor make him feel more like a character you can put I, him like just putting him on a Sakaran punisher in a squadron is not a terrible idea i think the best because then you allocate your wounds to the other one so this one's not not immediately just the the modeling capabilities for this are just what makes this thing shine i feel like oh yeah yeah, I, I think looking at the model, we definitely like zeroed in on what he does. Oh, because he's the one. He's got like a like he kind of looks like a herald. Oh, if you had him pushing forward, forcing a inductii, that's a probably another good thing to do with him. That's a very good thing to do with him, especially if inductii what their leadership seven or whatever, leadership uh, five, something stupid. It, it depends on the legion. Okay, you pull up the Sons of Horus one and flip over to it. Because this guy being the uh, <laughs> the move forward guy might be a very, very neat way to... Maybe. So I don't think they actually trade their leadership. Okay. They they can take chain axes on everybody. It's a spoiler squad upgrade. Uh, they get, for a point, they get chain axes, and then they replace Spite of the Legion with Creed of Brutality. So at the start of each assault phase, if a, mod, a unit that includes at least one model of the special rule has any models within six inches of a friendly model with the Legion of Sardis Sons of Horror special rule, the weapon skill characteristic of five or more, 
they gain Rampage and Furious Charge that phase. So you you could kind of want somebody else pushing them. Yeah. But if, but if they're going into a combat that already has like Justarian or something, that would trigger it. Okay. Or put a Contemptor. I was trying to think of a way to make this guy badass, but... I mean, that'd still be cool. Because, I mean, the, the Induct, I can't take additional characters in their unit, so they are stuck with their base leadership. And then you got Big Daddy, Big Daddy Lanius. Just chugging them up the field? Yeah. Pseudo-sergeant, watching all the kids. <laughs> so, yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Uh, I just, I like the thought that the Legion-specific Decurians might come with special weapons. Yes, so the next up is the Imperial Fist Decurion, the Sagittar. Uh, yeah. This is going to come in at 40 points. Uh, this is going to be the uh, same uh, same units that we were talking about, the Predator, the Sakarin, the Sakarin Punisher, and the Kratos. Now, in this case, as far as war gear, he gets a pinnel-mounted Elistus Assault Cannon and an Augury Scanner, which is Dude. previously something we haven't seen on any tanks. So... Uh, and no the, vehicles have had augury scanners until just now. The assault cannon alone is worth the 40 points. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, which is interesting now that you say that you could take multiple pencil-mounted assault cannons. Oh, yeah. So, you could have two pencil-mounted assault cannons so, and the augury scanner now. So, imagine having two pencil-mounted assault cannons that now get double their shots. Yes, it is uh, very interesting with the Imperial Fist Sagittar because he does get you uh, a special shooting attack when a model with this is when a model with a special rule makes a shooting attack. One defensive weapon or pencil mounted weapon may make attacks targeting a different target to other weapons the model attacks with. This should be resolved as a separate shooting attack either before or after the attacks of all other weapons from the model are resolved and cannot be used to target a unit forced to disembark due to attacks made by the model's other weapons. Attacks made by the single weapon chosen to attack a different target may be given the Skyfire or Precision Shots 5-up special rule at the controlling player's choice. Mm. So, this is a very interesting and scary unit when you start considering things like the Punisher. Yeah. When you look at a Punisher having both uh, the advanced reaction intercepts, like to with the augury scanner, yep. anybody coming in from reserves, he can augury scan them and get to react against them. And then, in addition to that, being able to make that precision shot or make those shooting attacks precision shots or sky fire is. So. You don't get to give him Skyfire on the uh, the Interceptor mm -hmm. because you give it Skyfire when it's attacking a different target and all of the reactions, they FAQ'd where they have to target the unit that triggered the reaction. So, you know, you can sp like sp uh, split off one of your Sponsons. Right. You don't get to do that in reactions. Ah, okay. So you can't just shoot somebody who didn't do anything to you and just didn't trigger a reaction. <laughs> Damn. So I, I don't think you get to give Skyfire to the thing shooting at your primary target. Okay. So for the but, but you, I mean, you do get enough shots that anything you have to sky you have to like snap shoot at because it's a flyer. Most flyers are not going to withstand that shooting. Right. No. Yeah. So like a Thunderhawk would probably be okay. Thunderhawk would probably be okay anyway. Unless you give that pencil mounted multi melt to Skyfire. 
Yeah, not being able to, I guess, react previously was interesting for like armored spearhead armies. So in this case, it's kind of something I do wish that, you know, all Dakarian, there was a generic Dakarian that gave this to everybody. Yeah. But, I mean, in this case, that's okay. Like, it's very close to my ideal. <laughs> yeah, it, it really hurts seeing this guy be like only for Imperial Fists, a legion that has all the rest of the support in the world. Yeah, I would love this exact model for a, and especially because you have this guy sitting on two pinnacle mounted uh, Elysis assault cannons. <laughs> got, yeah, he got his elbows up on each. Like, just, ah! <laughs> just makes me sad because they have the ability, just like Blood Angels, mm-hmm. to take a. Uh, uh, to get um, assault cannons instead of heavy flamers. Yeah, to take the you know quote unquote bell predators and yeah. just go to town and unload with the augury scanner. If you deep strike in front of me, it'll light you up. So do they get to swap out the turrets like you do. I don't know. They definitely get to swap out the pinnacle mounted heavy flamers for it, but I don't know if they get the twin linked heavy the twin linked Iliostis assault cannon uh, turret. Uh, the infantry can trade them. A predator can trade the predator cannon for a twin linked assault cannon. So, so yeah. So, intercepting king. Dang. Augury scanner king, baby. Because, I mean, essentially, you would just give it to all your predator squadrons. Give you give them a single uh, Sagittar, and that Sagittar is going to rock just, the world of... Yeah, because, I mean, otherwise, it's 20 points to upgrade the Heavy Flamer. So, 25 points to add a pintle-mounted... Assault cannon, to, or forty points to add a pencil mount and an assault cannon. Oh, I'm still adding that additional. Yeah, which now is the most DACA as tank in the game at this point because that is four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty shots, strength six, AP four, mm. with rending six up. And yeah. then each tank gets to peel off one weapon. Yes, to a different every time they shoot. That is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So, Sagittar, man, very cool, very cool model. I mean... So, one one of my complaints about the Kratos is I thought for sure it was going to have power the machine spirit, no. considering of how much of a gunboat it is. Nope. Uh, I do think having this on it helps. Just a little bit. Because then, okay, my primary target's here. My defense, These defensive weapons are going to shoot at this closest infantry unit, and then my Sagittar is going to fired this thing over here mm-hmm. or he's going to try to uh, take the apothecary out of the unit before I light it up with my defensive weapons like it, it opens up some neat combos you can do uh, so just a heads up on this one uh, this is limited to the model as well yeah both of them you do have to have them modeled with the correct pencil weapon uh, no, no, no. This limited, so oh, only the Dakarian well, yeah. Sagittar can peel right. off a single weapon. But if everybody in the squadron has a Sagittar. Oh, yeah. Because I'm going for Max Daka. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Yeah, man. Uh, that just throwing precision shots on just into a squad before you hit it with your defensive weapons. I just, yeah. That, that's huge. I'm going to get rid of. Uh, that sergeant really quickly. Yeah, you can't tank hits on your artificer armor anymore. Yeah, and now you're stuck to three up. Or, all right, I'm going to light you up with Volkite. But first, let's try to fix that apothecary situation. Get that apothecary out of there immediately. Yeah. 
So they could do it. They could do it with the assault cannon for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, 40 points for a squad, that'll add up. But I think this dude, I think he wins. And he's probably the best Akurian. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, he Unless is. you're playing Salamanders. If you're playing Salamanders, it's real hard to pass up the, the, the Firestorm unit. <laughs> Flame old, old Freddie Mercury. <laughs> the small Burn, sun. Burning across the sky. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I think the Decurians are the most interesting units to come out of this book. By far, by far. By a wide margin. Uh, we did also get the Cult Abominatio Assassin, the Infernus Abomination. The Infernus Abomination. Now, Which, this thing gets really interesting because it does have that fear, too, and can infiltrate yes. and scout. Yeah, so he's all upon you, just terrorizing your leadership. So if you're not familiar with Infiltrate, and there's a lot, a lot of new people in this edition, basically he gets to start after deployment within, I believe it's 12 inches of what you can uh, see. 12 inches if you can't see him, right. 18 if you can. Yeah, so he can start within 12 inches of you, and then in addition to that, he does also have a scout move, which lets l- him redeploy within 6 inches. Which lets him redeploy within 6 inches of wherever he's at. Which can get really, he's basically on you very yeah. quickly. Now, keep in mind, either of those things will for, like keep you from charging turn one. So you can't just like drop him up there and then he's in combat. Correct. But he does make that big fear two bubble. Uh, he's got, I want to say he's got a crazy invul, right? Uh, uh, he's got a four up invul. Oh, okay. He's got four up invul, four up armor. And he only has three wounds, but the, the issue is he has a special rule that the am- amount of if he kills infantry, he basically like eats them and gets wounds back. Okay. So he gets like, it will not die, but instead of at the end of the turn, it's whenever he kills an infantry model. Yeah. He just, well, it's on a roll, but yeah. yeah well, kind of like how it will not die is. Yes. That's nuts. So he can essentially, uh, assault 2d6 flesh bane, uh, bone shard spitter. And now if you're asking yourself, well, how good is this guy at killing infantry? It turns out he's great at killing infantry. <laughs> Uh, he has He's a hella good at killing infantry. <laughs> he, what kind of infantry is he good at killing? Everything. Every kind of infantry. Yeah, it really looks like he's good at killing every kind of. His his fist can actually like like turn into different things. Like they're they're called a transmutative armaments. Yeah, I'm and looking the, at that hammer blade. And I'm like, there goes your terminators. Strength eight, AP two, melee with murder strike, as if you needed it for whatever reason. And brutal two. They're brutal two and two handed. So. If you're not familiar with the Brutal 2, that so means you have to take essentially two saves for every wound he does to you. But because he's already doing Strength 8, he's mostly doubling out everything you have. So, so those Terminators, if they fail one of those invuls, that Terminator is dead. Yes. And then two-handed means he only gets five attacks on the charge. <laughs> yeah, only five. <laughs> Leadership 10, so you're not scaring him away. And then whenever you eventually do lose combat against this guy, when you lose combat, when you lose combat guy. against him, he is dealing fear two to you. So you are at a uh, good luck already minus two leadership on that one. Yeah. Uh, the good news is as far as uh, survivability goes, this man is it's if you have a, uh, a, Salamander Predator Squadron. <laughs> it's it'll take you about one point five shots to kill this man. He's not absolutely uh, the worst. I did notice that he doesn't have anything stopping himself from uh, being insta killed. So, like, if for whatever reason you do have something that's strength eight, 
you there you go you basically pop this one man assassin and just say hey don't do that so a last cannon can insta kill him and with his uh four plus invulnerable save it's not like he's going to uh, uh so uh he does have a little bit of protection not not against instant death if you do hit him with strength eight he's going down yeah uh but so the he does get a special reaction so he has an advanced reaction for the cults of Bamanashio, which is kind of like how the uh, the loyalist assassins work. Uh-huh. So in the movement phase, whenever somebody moves within 12 inches of him, or in the shooting phase, whenever he's targeted, uh, targeted for an attack, or in the assault phase, whenever he's declared as the target of the charge, he can make a leadership check. If he which passes, is 10. Which is 10. If you pass, he can move up to 12 inches in any direction that ignores terrain or other effects that would limit or modify his distance moved. Uh, as long as he's at least one inch away from enemy, any enemy model when he's done moving. Uh, if he's out of range or line of sight, uh, they may not select another target for their shooting attack or charge if that triggered it. No surge moves are made. Uh, you don't have to roll for gets hot with weapons that gets hot. Uh, One-use weapons are not considered to have been used. Uh, but if the leadership test has failed... Both he and the triggering unit take D6 wounds against which you can't do anything. So it is an advanced reaction. Uh, I think that's like a faction-specific one. You only get it once per turn or once per game. But I'm still popping you with the last cannon if you're in my deployment zone. If you're killing my guys. Unless he can just like hop behind something you can't see him anymore. He's not very difficult to murder. This guy's not the worst. And if one Terminator lives <laughs> and gets to power fist him back, he's not living through it. This guy is a uh, a troop harasser. He can definitely like kill off. Uh, are you looking at the uh, abomination unit subtype? No, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking around this reaction. I'm trying to find the part where it says you can only do this once per game, and no. they, if it's in here, they hit it really well. Oh, so that guy can just jump all around the table every every time, but also removes your reactions. It costs your reaction. Yeah, but if this dude is that big of a problem for your opponent, and your opponent just it's he's a, he's a jester he's a distraction he's definitely a distraction like you throw him up there and it's like oh you're gonna deal with him ah ah and he just keeps like hopping around the table oh if you play this guy right if you play him where you can essentially have him uh hide behind cover or anything like that at any given moment then uh you can play him very well he can be a super harasser uh but i think against an advanced opponent an advanced opponent's going to be able to uh, uh, ice this dude pretty quickly. Very very quickly, I feel like. Probably. But would I take him if I was playing uh, traitors? Absolutely. Oh, I'd have and, and the way you take him is that any uh, any primary detachment that is a traitor, then you can take him as a non-compulsory HQ. Yeah. This is a... Uh, uh, a distraction. Hardcore. Yeah, he's a fun little unit. I like him. I like him a lot. I like the... Uh, I like everything about... I, I don't understand why you would ever use the other attacks. Yeah, well, I mean... 
the talent rakes if you're going against like militia. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why they even have them. Like I'm hammer handing, I'm hammer blading you every single time. Strength eighty two, five attacks, no problem. I mean, I'm definitely taking that over spine lash. Like the only benefit to spine lash is it's got reach two, so you're at initiative seven. What? What? Who am I fighting? That's initiative seven. Is it a Primarch? If it's a Primarch, I'm going to lose anyway. <laughs> I'm dead. I should have never been in that combat <laughs> I, in the first what place. What am I doing? Me like in combat with a Primarch? Anything that is above my initiative five, I don't want anything less than AP two though. Right. So the the spine lash is definitely. I, I would consider that actually worse in every every way than Hammerblade. Yeah. Talon rakes, rampage two, and you like if you need the extra attacks. Go for it. Yeah, if you're killing younglings in the Jedi yeah, Academy. Exactly. If you're if you're slaying younglings in the Jedi Temple, <laughs> you, Talon ranks let you get more more than younglings. That's the only way. He's, I'm not I'm not saying it's better than Hammerblade. I'm just saying there is a situation I can think of where I'd use it. I would love this guy if you hit him in a uh like if you're taking Traitor Raven Guard and you infiltrated <sighs> Raven Guard up with him. And like oh you basically surrounded him, and you just go surprise. <laughs> the, the old Raven Guard Jack in the Box. <laughs> In first abomination. Blech. <laughs> <It's all> shit. <laughs> they mighty duck veed him up to me. <laughs> uh, what's that music? <laughs> so very cool assassin. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I do think that traitors are deserved an assassin. They yes, need something for sure. I was kind of hoping we would get a book that paralleled the uh, the Liber Imperium mm-hmm. with like cults and uh, more of the more of the cults abominatio and then demons. But I guess that's not in the cards. This guy is getting the same treatment that I feel like when I look at the assassin code, like where I look at the assassins uh, loyalists can take. I always think to myself, fuck, I need to go buy an assassin. I need to go buy a Vindicare. Because like, yeah. why am I not running a Vindicare? Exactly. Like, what am I, like, it's available to me. You don't have to take an ally detachment. I don't have to take just, an ally detachment. I just, just drop him in there. Drop him in and he can do such cool stuff out of the gate. Nope. And like, they're independent, right? They right. are outside of your army. They don't have to mesh well with their army. They don't, you don't need to do anything special. They're this huge distraction that has to get taken care of. Like this fits that same bill. And I feel like when I look at this, I go, I go, yeah, if I'm going to start playing traders, I'll just pick one of him up too. When I'm leaving a Vindicare on the table right now, or I'm leaving yeah. a Colexus on the table. I'm leaving a Colexus on the table. Like you're leaving a Venorum on the table. You, you should, do you even know what that one does? <laughs> no, because I, I don't. That's what I'm saying. Every time I read the rules, I'm like, why don't I take this? This is awesome. I read that I read that unit issue like two or three times and I still don't remember what it does. It's like what the Vindicare can just pin a last cannon squad for me without having to worry about it. It's like yeah. why am I not taking him? Uh yeah. Yeah, I do like traders did need something. Yeah. Like they did need a, a version of that that they can be like, oh that's cool, and then never think about it ever again. That sucks, dude. It sucks. That's what's gonna happen to this guy. He's gonna everybody's gonna so, look hey, at him. Somebody out there is like they have a little thing called taste. <laughs> and they're painting one of these up right now. They're, they're pulling him up on. Uh, they're they're ordering him right now. I'm looking at you, pretty. I know you. <laughs> I know you like this guy. But yeah, uh, after that, the next unit they got is the inducti, and this is what I was most excited for. But basically, the way they work is it's just a template you drop over your tactical squad or despoiler squad based on your legion. And you swap out one of their rules for a new special rule, and it might change up the war gear they can take. But they don't get 
they don't get, they can't be uh, compulsory. They're all support squads. Mm-hmm. They can't take artificer armor in any capacity, which nope. that's a weird thing for them to not be able to do. But I, I guess it fits them like having janky armor. And that's very important. Like a lot of people are playing that down that they can't take that. That's extremely no, that's important. On it's the table, huge. On the tabletop, that's huge. Taking yeah. stuff on your sergeant is game changing. Yeah, that is very meta. That is what you expect to see. That is, and especially if you, and I don't want to say you rely on it, but like it's, it's something that that is a game style that you play. You yeah. understand that you're paying uh, 15 points or whatever artifice armor is. is yeah. 15? 10, 15 points. Yeah. You're paying this to have a, essentially, and the best way I look at it is like a five additional wounds in your unit. Cause that's how I kind of see that you're pretty, pretty much, you're getting a, a, the fact that you can do that is a straight nerf to the glaive. Yes. Yes. And so that, that is significant that inductii cannot take artifice armor. Uh, they also may not be joined by any other models or have any other models assigned to it. So no tech Marines, no apothecaries, no independent characters, which is rough. Yes. I, I feel like that is an additional way of saying no, for real though, no artificer armor. Yeah. And I think, uh, um, I think you had made the point that if, you know, if there was a unit of like half assembled men with like newly rough armor, the individuals you would want to have an apothecary or a tech Marine. If there was a unit that needed a babysitter who was a medical professional or good with technology, it'd be the guys who are like stitched into their armor with like, like they, they're not space Marines. They don't have the organs, but they do have like crazy augmented like muscles. Yes, exactly. Unfortunate <laughs> that they can't have either like, of those. Like, I know it kind of seems like I'm complaining that they're not good. It's not that they're not good. It's they're so limited. I feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot by taking them. With no points reduction. No point reduction at all. That's kind of what I think was the biggest stab in the foot. I think there should have been a minimum of... They all didn't need to be points reducted. But the, I, the specials they trade off for are usually pretty cool. They're usually really fluffy and flavorful. But... Give me an example of one of the winners of this list. Night Lords. Okay. Uh, a lot of people talking about the Night Lords one. So what they're an upgrade for the spoiler squads. They have to trade their chain swords for the uh, the killer's blades. So have be- to change your your chain swords. So because they don't have chain swords, they can't upgrade to power weapons. Yeah, they cannot. And it's very specific in the rules. Derek pointed this out to me that you upgrade your you replace your chain sword with the power weapon which also takes away your ability to exchange that chain sword you yeah. lose that currency so you can't give these guys power axes but the the special rule they get unscrupulous murderers if your sergeant's in a challenge up to two guys in that same unit can try to jump into that challenge you roll a d6 on a two up they get to at initiative 10 attack the guy he's in a challenge with if they roll a one they attack their sergeant because they want to be a sergeant and screw that guy but if if you could take power axes on them, that would give you initiative 10 power axes, and this unit would be absolutely busted. Which would be worth me losing my artificer armor for. That'd be worth it, yeah. <laughs> That'd be worth these guys not being uh, compulsory, because my compulsory are probably going to be terror squads or night raptors. Mm. And the sergeant has leadership seven. Well, yeah, but if this unit's rolling morale checks, you messed up. Yeah. So is this no points reduction? Is this worth swapping out artifice armor for? Uh, in that case, yeah, because those killer blades do still get breaching. It's just a breaching six melee weapon to kill a sergeant 
if I get lucky and ice the guy my sergeant's into combat with at initiative 10, I'm going to laugh about it for the rest of the game. <laughs> I'm having a, I'm having fun at that point. <laughs> forget what else happens. I won that game. In my mind, I got that like if, if I'm playing my Night Lords, it's because I'm I'm being a wrestling heel and I I'm pro, I'm playing up being the bad guy. And I'm like, "Oh. Oh, whoops. Did your did your champion just get iced at initiative 10?" Oh, oh, that sucks. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm so glad I sourced all of these combat blades from this <laughs> unit. <laughs> I'm so glad I found all these old school tax squad blades to put in my, <laughs> to chop these chainswords off and put in the empty hands of. <laughs> yeah, like that. I was looking at the, uh, the death guard ones. They get a different type of, da- different type of damage mitigation, which is neat. Cause yeah, it means nothing. Barbarous toughness or something like that, or. If there's less than 10 guys in the squad, which they start at 10 and you can add more, they get a six up. Uh, what was it called in 40K? It's like uh, uh, disgustingly resilient. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of that. If there's less than five guys left, it goes to a five up. And for, you cannot stack that. Well, you shouldn't be able to get that on anything because you can't get characters in there. But if you did find a way to maybe... The f- the first like, thing I looked at was like, dude, apothecaries and tech marines take all the special rules of a unit they join... Word? Oh, these guys can't take them. Yeah. So I, I think that's another reason they limited that. Ooh. What's up? I was just thinking librarians may be the way to go with these boys. Librarians are pretty hot because their buffs don't require them to be in the unit. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Like they, they do have a use case. It's just I'm disappointed to see how limited they are. Like... I, I was work, I was waiting for this to come out for a project because I was thinking, dude, induct I would be perfect for this list. And now it's like, okay, well, they can't be my compulsory. Uh, the characters I was going to stick in these units, I no longer can. It, I get that they're supposed to be a liability. Their, their whole thing in the fluff is that, no, these guys, if you wanted Marines, just run Marines. These guys are not really, these guys ain't really Marines 100% of the way. It's just... I'm just having a hard time justifying like specifically because what I was trying to do, these don't work for. All right. Uh, there's plenty of other cases where, you know what? Sure. Maybe I do fit in some inducti because they're crazy. They, to me, they feel like they, they, the, the same kind of feel that you look at or the same kind of feel you get when you look at a, an exemplary battle unit. Yes. Like the space Wolves one, they get chain axes but they can't take power fists and man, I love power fists. Yep. Uh, they can take a disordered charge to get plus two inch movement. That's neat. Can't take artificer armor. Can't put anybody else with them. It's like Jorlin hunters. I was like, these, this unit is neat. I don't know what I'm doing with the hand flamers. So it's a neat unit. I think I'd rather just take another unit of gray slayers. Feels like Astrochrome, dude. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, but in their defense, this feels like exactly what I feel like Inducti should feel like. Right. Where it's like, yeah, they're... I mean, I'd rather just have a tactical squad or despoiler squad, but like... Like, like Ultramarines. One in five can take a special weapon. Like a, ta- like a 40k tactical squad. Things get a little interesting in the in the Ultramarine realm. Oh, yeah. And the Salamander realm as well. Yeah. Because they get the same thing. They get to take a multi-melta... Or a melta. Yeah. Interesting squad like that. Yeah, like some of them are like... And I think that Melta in the Salamander version, I believe it gets a... Because it's a weapon of heroes, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah, I believe it gets a plus one to hit or something, Warrior Heroes. Yeah. 
Yeah, they get to re-roll all failed to hit for ones from attacks made with that model with that oh, melee weapon. I was kind of anticipating when I saw that they were all support squads seeing a new right of war that lets you take them as compulsory. You know? All fail hood to roll for attacks made with... Oh, with melee weapons. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, all their melee weapons are pseudo mastercrafted. Pretty neat. Yeah, they're cool. They're like uh, a lot of these are really interesting. Uh, they're like cool throwbacks to the how the stuff worked in 40k. And it's like okay, you can kind of see them on their way there. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm not hating it. I mean, I'm not loving it. I didn't see any. Like the Blood Angels, just I mean, they get the Revenant Legion one. So like, yeah. basically, if they win a combat, which the cool thing about that is like winning a combat, you can just be part of a combat that somebody else won for you, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you were with some uh, Crimson Paladins who just did some work on another attack squad and they just happened to be there, they technically won that combat. So now they get Fear One, <laughs> <laughs> like even though you know their their bigger brother just so happened to be in the same unit dealing the combat, right? Yeah, they can they can get that uh. <laughs> that fear out of it. But one of the things that I kind of thought was kind of rough, it's like, there's, I mean, if you were to tell me, Hey, if like, if you were just to apply that to like a base tactical squad, right. Mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking hard to do for a base tactical squad to win a combat. Yeah. Right. Asking me to have a non artificer armor, non special weapon, like, uh, non-sergeant, non, like, if you ask me to have an inductive squad cause fear somehow, that's a big task for them to happen, and I don't see that happening every game, or not even on most games, let alone trying to get these guys, like, drop-potted in or something, right? Right. And so, it's just not a, uh, it's not a reliable thing to play on, but, I mean, I get it. I get it, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's they're they're really scared of people going crazy with these units, which is fair. Because I mean, look at, I mean, you give us ten minutes looking at the Decarians and <laughs> we just break Salamanders wide open. <laughs> just holy cow! So yeah, your two compulsory troops are gonna be those Predator squads. <laughs> <laughs> then, then who cares what else you take? You know? Yeah, they just run fucking. Who's who's shooting at your inducti? <laughs> Nobody. That's who. Then you take traitor salamanders, <laughs> <laughs> and you you bring in the the abomination in there. Ooh, oh. Just break the whole book, dude. <laughs> just break just, the whole book. Just throw the book in a blender and see what list comes out. Uh, so yeah. whole book book as a whole. Um, what, what's your score out of ten? Uh, gun to my head. That uh, seven. Seven out of ten. Yeah, uh, there's still plenty I've got to go through. I want to see how the fluff compares. I want to. I still need to like dig in, see what they fixed it from Zomortalis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the campaign stuff I'm interested in. I want to see how it works in practice. Inducti, I specifically can't do what I was wanting to do, so I'm a little butthurt about that. There, mm-hmm. I'll say it. I'll admit it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Decurians are rad. I like what they add. The yeah. Uh, seven out of ten. Whole book. It's a good score. It's a good score. It's a good score. They they put it had a lot to live up to when they themselves are comparing it to the black books. Yeah. And then you look at the price tag and you're like, I don't know that this is going to compare to the black books. Yeah, I don't think this is book three level. I think book three was like nine out of ten. Uh, original black book 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 three. Yeah. 
but I would say this is probably like seven out of ten as well. I'm there too. Hell yeah. Uh, as far as uh, if you don't have this book, are you not going to be able to play this game anymore? No. No. Not Just at all. Get, have somebody send you a picture of what your induct I do. Yeah, and you probably will be like, oh no, I would never use those anyway. Yeah, you'll you'll put it. You'll put that in the same spot where you put all your PDFs for the exemplary battles. Yeah, exactly. Just in a little folder that you leave at home when you go play games. Uh, and then everybody's going to know what the Decurians do, so you don't have to print that out. No. Every, everybody's going to be familiar with those guys. Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, Decurians are probably going to see a lot more Battlefield playing. I, I do like them adding that to vehicles. No, definitely. I, I am very happy with the Decurian rules as well. Oh, yeah. I think it, it truly, I do think that we are going to uh, see a lot of Decarian, and I think you are going to have to, even if you aren't playing them, you are going to have to know what a Defensor and a Lanius do. For sure. And if, uh, I would say, as far the as. Lanius or the Locust? Locust, sorry. Because yeah, Lanius is Sons of Horus. Yeah. 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 You are going to have to know what a Defensor and a Locust are going to do, and you do have to keep them in the back of your head whenever you're list building. For At sure. the same level, you're going to have to know what an assault squad is. You're going to have to know. If you are playing a tank, uh, that is the... If you're playing a Predator Squadron, Sakaran Squadron, Punisher, or Kratos, always keep the uh, Defensor in your head. And I would say probably the Defensor is probably going to be... Not so much the Locust, but the Defensor is probably going to be an auto-tank on quite a bit of... Uh, you know, oh, yeah. mm, maybe even the Locust, dude. The Locust ain't bad. Yeah, it's rough. Returning fire with your battle can like with your main cannon, your your battle weapon. Yeah. There's a lot like I said, the Kratos is looking a lot better now. Dang, yeah. It, it sure is. It, I whew, I'm not gonna say that's why they put it there, but you know. I mean I, I know the Kratos wasn't doing so hot. The synergy's there. Just let me just re roll that scatter die for my reaction fire with my primary cannon. Just flexing on everybody. I do hope we get more Decurians, though. Yeah, I like. I'm expecting if we do get more Legion specific Decurians, I think I'd like to see them all come with like a cool, unique weapon. Yeah, like yeah, Blood Angels and uh, Imperial Fists. They do have the the uh, assault Iliastis cannon. assault yeah. cannon. Death Guard might get that pencil mounted uh, uh, flamer. flamer. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, Phosphex for. Uh, Maybe even for uh, Death Guard or oh, some yeah. some Graviton for Iron Hands or... Yeah, let's get some of the weird stuff. Yeah, get, get, real, get real wild with it. but Especially if they're trying to sell the models for like 40 bucks each. Mm, love it. I forget exactly how much it was. But it's they, $43. $43 okay. for a dude. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it ain't <laughs> no, ever. I'm not mad. It ain't happening, Games Workshop. <laughs> Not when there's one in every single tank box. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. Somebody gets in. <laughs> I, I could go to the shop right now and make 10 Decurions with stuff that's just there. Yeah. Oh, you definitely could. Now, like I said, if the if if it's like, okay, my Space Wolves one has like a special, like, whatever. I wouldn't even know what they would give Space Wolves. Yeah. No. Then that becomes a little bit harder for me to source out of my bits box. And then maybe I do get, okay, well, the, the Forge World one does have a lot of pretty stuff on it. Maybe I do want to make this tank look really cool. Mm, 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 mm. But yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, man. Three-hour episode. I think we came back in pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, we it could have been a lot more. Oh, yeah. We could have gone through all the inducti. No, I, I don't think it's worth it. Like I said, look at what your Legion's inducti do and then shrug and put them down. 
they're probably <laughs> probably just good at better as just normal dispeller squads. <laughs> yeah, and I I might catch flack for that because no, it's fluffy that they're actively worse. Yeah, but uh, but don't charge me for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, if you want to run them, run them. I'm not saying don't run them. I just, I wish I could have run them in what I was trying to do. And you're not better than me if you run them. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I mean, if hell, maybe you are. If we play Siege of Terror missions and I'm not running a duck the eye, don't get on me. All right. Hey, if you've got some dope models for some janky looking Space Marines that look like, hey, this dude, he doesn't look okay. What's wrong with What's wrong with him in the back? You. There's a really cool potential there for modeling. Ugh. I want to see some disgusting, like, like RoboCop, but done bad. But, all right, guys, we will let you get with your day. And uh, next episode, we got some pretty sweet stuff planned. I want to break it for you, but uh, pretty excited. We got another uh, uh, Fabricator of the Heresy series coming out soon. Nice. So. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate you tuning in.